Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys... Washington Square Park, Bob's Library, bar none. I even tried spinning the cube at St. Mark's Place, but not a friend in sight. I just thought it wouldn't, I just know that it wouldn't be this hard at Yale. How about that Vanessa girl? Didn't you know her in high school? I've never heard that name before in my life. Feel free to see yourself out. All right, uh, who can I, who can I hit on here? Oh my God, how does that girl have the Valentino 360 bag? I'm still waitlisted. Where? Just quick, how do I look? Superior. One follow me. Love your 360. Thanks, just got it. Very smart to pair it with Peter Som. Mm-hmm. You're good. You know. <laughs> I'm Blair. May I? Oh, please do. When I saw it, it joined my list of Blair's most wanted. Oh my, what's that dripping down your leg? <laughs> uh, the bag, I mean, not you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me when I tell you, I don't say this very often, but... I think I like you. Give me those peep toes and maybe I'll believe you. Oh, man, it's getting, it's getting hot and heavy in here. <laughs> Sorry, my Alexandra Bermans are sacred. Excuse me, did you just call me heavy? <laughs> anyway, amen. I'm just a lover uh, phrase. I, I just I cannot stop chuckling. Who are you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're, I was just admiring your chuckles. Uh, by the, oh, some, do you know someone named Chuckles, by the way? I'm Brandeis. <laughs> How would you like to come with me to a fabulous party tonight? <laughs> no, thanks. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down season three, episode nine of Gossip Girl. They shoot Humphreys, don't they? Oh, and we... Is that a... <laughs> uh, is that Bebop? Bebop is back, finally? Oh, my God. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um... Man, I, I was gonna say I'm here by myself this week, but now now everyone already knows that I'm lying. <laughs> a lot of voices. Let, no, no, let it run. Let it run. Let it run. It's it's the magic of podcasting, wow. baby. Anything can happen. Um, we actually we actually do have one more co-host. Please welcome Mr. Brendan Tallulah Ruppel. <laughs> Hello, I am your co-host, Creepy Uncle of Podcasting, of course, aka Uncle Cream. Highly Cream Nation. I'm recording live as always from the Creamatorium. I am your editor in chief of Cream Weekly. Uh, you know, so I have some, something funny to say. Uh, oh, well, also, this is the most laughter that's happened in this show before I've ever even been mentioned. So I, I'm already losing the episode. Um, yeah, you're getting it is a competition after this, all. This podcast episode. So I'm I, guessing it's a zero-sum game. Yeah. So I, I was driving to get gas today, and we are on Jericho Turnpike. Everybody, all the, the fans know where Jericho Turnpike is in Comac. Okay. And we passed by this building, and Nicole's like, that funeral home slash crematorium used to be a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I was like, wow. What, are the, what an amazing little tidbit of the town. Okay. That was it? Yeah, we were, talking, we, were, we were all talking about crematoriums, so I thought I would bring it up. 
Yeah, it came up organically. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, my we, dog we, barked, uh, and we were immediately talking about crematorium. <laughs> that voice you hear, you may you may have guessed that we we do have a guest again this week. Uh, it is, uh, I mean. A, a podcasting legend in her own right. She's getting she's getting recognized when she goes out oh these days. People are coming up to her asking asking for pictures, asking for autographs. So we are so blessed to have her back on the podcast. Please welcome the the latest inductee into the two timers club, Lita Brillman. Lita, welcome back to the podcast. Oh my god, thank you so much. I couldn't come without an escort, so I have my <laughs> dog Cassie with me, but she talked too soon because she's not used to being on podcasts. It's true, you know. Second week in a row, we're talking about escorts on this show, yeah. but uh, different meaning this week than last week. Just thought of that point right you know, now, completely. I mean, to, to even go <laughs> even further on the point of the crematoriums, this guest could have been here <laughs> in the crematorium with us live this weekend if, if uh, timing worked out. Oh, well. we're, do, we're doing an on-air call-out? Yeah. <laughs> Brendan did say he wanted to do an on-air call-out, but he did a bait-and-switch. He said said he was going to call me out, and then we called you out instead. <laughs> That's true. Wow. It could have been history. A Waldorf move. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what a twist. Yeah. Um, yes. So I had made made a plan to see Maddie and um, equally Brendan, who I'm equally close with. That's right. Um, which so that would make it like really, really embarrassing if he didn't invite me to his wedding because that would be <laughs> just like that's kind of why you were coming. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then Maddie and I just saw each other in DC last week, and it's so you had kind enough. of silly. Um. Because Maddie and I don't get to see each other that often to see each other like twice within five days yeah the magic um, would be gone it would be like oh so, I, just, I just saw you i will uh i will make a pilgrimage to long island to see the old chuck e cheese um, <laughs> another time that is how by the way just how everybody in pittsburgh gives directions is like oh you go left where the little shoes used to be but if you hit the kaufman's you've gone too far <laughs> like it's always just whatever used to be there that makes sense. If you've hit the crematorium that used to be a Chuck E. Cheese, you've gone too far. I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, no? famously, oh, we just talked about this. Story. <laughs> <laughs> when I invited him to my first grade birthday party, and he, of course, didn't RSVP, but showed up to the party anyway. Like a oh, baller, yes. like a cool guy. <laughs> God. Not, to, not, not to bring that up again. That's good finding its way onto the bingo board now. I, but did you have an escort? My mother. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also like uh, just thinking about what she would have looked like back then too. Probably, what a babe! I would have been proud to have her on my arm. Just thinking about what she would have looked like back then. Wow. <laughs> you, you oh be, not thinking about what she did look like, but what she would have looked like. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Six. We can we can only imagine. We can only imagine what she would have looked like. What she would have looked like <laughs> 20, 21 years ago. All right. <laughs> and Cheryl, I'm sure you're listening down in hell. <laughs> they have pods down there. <laughs> they have podcasts. I think people only listen to the Lonely Boys in Hell. That's for oh, well, There are definitely podcasts in hell. I've never been more sure about anything. <laughs> That's the torture they have to go through. <laughs> listen to two hour podcasts about a 45 minute show. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, uh... Lita, I, I don't know how you haven't been inducted into the Two Timers Club. This is somehow only your second time on the podcast, but uh, ha have you been watching a lot of Gossip Girl since the last time you were on? I've heard yeah. you're doing a, another rewatch. I'm actually doing another rewatch. It's not a joke. <laughs> um, I had such a good time watching um, 
for the last time I was on, which I don't even remember. Oh, it was the the Georgina. Yes, you can't was... get you can't get introduced to Georgina and then just stop watching. So you already lapped me, right? Or you're about uh, to lap? Yeah, wow. Uh, n well, I've seen this all before, so it's not really lapping you. Right. I mean, I am ahead of you. I'm on season four right now. Um, but it it's just so good. I just don't really get tired of it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's rather good. Rather it's good. actually rather good if you think about it. Um, you do think about it. Yeah, I, I, seeing it this many times uh, really allows me to appreciate the performances um of course we love yeah we love their performances yeah which you know are a little bit disparate i think i'm i'm much higher on dan both as an actor mm. and a character on this rewatch nice. um i'm lower on serena in all capacities to the wow. point that <laughs> we were watching this episode this morning me and kevin and um, boyfriend of the the two timers club. Oh my god, that's a stretch. Uh, boyfriend of the two timers <laughs> club. Yeah, big stretch. <laughs> He's dating everyone. Yeah. Um, we were um, watching the episode and the scene where Serena is talking to Trip in his office. One of those scenes. One of I was many. like, <laughs> I was like, her performance in this is so bad that it's really nothing funny. short of a miracle that she is so good in a simple favor. There really is something like to be said about this episode in particular. She's she doesn't open her mouth at all in this episode. She like really like more Trip, mumbles than I'm ever. getting the sense that you don't Jesus. want me to be here. Then why did you have me come in for an interview? Like I didn't know um, she was so known for this. I'm glad that Conan O'Brien at some point calls out Blake Lively for these performances. I was like, I didn't know she was that bad, and I don't know why Conan O'Brien knows so much about Gossip Girl. But after him talking about it, this episode kind of confirms uh, his <laughs> him making fun. What of her. do you listen to his pod? He's the inventor of podcasts. The inventor of the podcasts. Inventor of podcasts. He must be in hell too. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. The only reason we are allowed to podcast is because Conan, of course, invented the art. Thank God. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but Blake Lively is so good in A Simple Favor, and it's such a far cry from this. It's that crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's really funny you mentioned that, because this episode, too, I, I literally thought about that movie just because I had the memory of her being amazing in that. And I was like, did I miswatch that movie? Like, I don't did did I I... miswatch that. <laughs> miswatch <laughs> it? Did I get that wrong? Did I miswatch that? <laughs> uh, Simple Favor, famously the uh, biggest turnout we ever had to a movie Tuesday. Yeah, was, we had yeah. like 11 people come to wow. Oh, the old reverse Itania. Yeah, that's right. You're going to call me out twice. This really <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's let's get into the episode that Blake Lively was so terrible in. <laughs> so, not satisfied with just being queen of Constance Miller, Jenny sets her sights on becoming the queen of all the Upper East Side by landing the hottest escort for Cotillion. Meanwhile, Nate and Chuck plot to help Serena and Blair repair their damaged friendship by intentionally trapping them inside an elevator. Dan is upset when Olivia contemplates leaving school for a film project, so he and Vanessa take her out on the town with a list of all things that a, un that a university would make up, including a threesome. Blair and Eric plan to dethrone Jenny at Cotillion. Blair enlists Kira to take her down and become the new queen of Constance Billard. So... A lot happening in this episode. Brendan, it's your time to shine. The title of the episode is They Shoot Humphreys, Don't uh, They? What is this title referencing? You know, I, I don't know. I'll say that right now. But it's okay, definitely great. something I should know. It <laughs> is something that's got to be like just replacing one word. I'm guessing the Humphreys is not probably like in a movie title. I'll, I'll I, say... I love your thought process. I love going through yeah. the, the twisted mind of Brendan Ruffle <laughs> as he tries to figure this so out. So demented. Um... <laughs> But the the Humphreys has got to be replaced with maybe vampires because Olivia's in vampire movies right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that right? Is your final guess they shoot vampires, don't they? Yeah, that's my guess. 
Okay, so it is a title reference to the 1969 film. Gilmore Girls. Yes. (laughs) The 1969 film, They Shoot Horses, Don't Uh, They? I also would have accepted uh, season three, episode seven of Gilmore Girls, They Shoot Gilmores, Don't They? But you got neither of those. I was trying to think, like, doesn't really make sense. Like, there's no guns in vampire movies, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I've never seen a vampire movie before. Do you kill a vampire? Is that the goal? Is that the stake? Like wooden stakes, yeah. Is that what it is? No, so, silver bullet. Oh, no, that's a werewolf. Yeah, werewolf stake through the heart. Bullet. Or yeah. garlic? Okay. Garlic, I think they're just afraid it's of. It's a ribeye through the heart. Oh. Get it? No, well, I'm afraid stakes. of things that could kill me. Like garlic? I guess a ribeye would be like a slow spiders. death. I love garlic. I love garlic, too. Yeah, yeah same. Good. We're all on the same page. <laughs> okay, um, great. Good thing none of us are vampires. <laughs> okay, can I now reveal the the observation about this episode title that I made to you over text? so i chose this episode literally like as soon as maddie was like i'm starting a gossip girl podcast which episode do you want i said i might have been the first episode off the board wow yeah i I, first overall draft pick i said i want i I want the threesome episode with hillary duff and (laughs) i want the one after it is that a spoiler you wanted the one after it no that's not a spoiler at all spoiler okay um and the one the one after it um and I did not even know. I didn't know the episode title. Um, I didn't remember like where in the series it was. I just remember um, thinking this episode is ridiculous because it is um, and very memorable. And it turns out my favorite episode of television of all time, of scripted television of all time, is Gilmore Girls season three, episode seven. And it's called They Shoot Gilmores, Don't They? Wow. Now you're on for They Shoot Humphreys, Don't They? And... It's they should have just made it the same. They should have made it season three, episode seven. It could have been so close. A direct uh, reference to Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I just wild. I I have so much consistency in my now, taste. Do these two episodes of television have anything in common? Um, they both center around a dance. Yeah, oh. yeah, I guess so. That's what that's happens good. in the Gilmore Girls episode. Um, and, Can you guys remind and me? And actually, like swapping escorts because the Gilmore Girls episode is sort of about like Rory making a choice between Dean and Jess. Oh, well, that's what. Okay, um, thank you. That's all I need to know. It's it's a it's like the 1920s yeah. dance. That's so good. Yeah, where it's the best episode of Gilmore Girls because oh Rory finally dumps Dean and yeah. gets with yeah. Jess. Um, Sugar Kuiper of Survivor Gabon. Oh my is god! There yeah. for yes, a of lot course. Of it. And also, it's one of the few both Adam Brody and Jess-centric episodes. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, that's true. To the all-time. So, it's got a good resume. Yeah, it's uh, it's a perfect episode of television. What is They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Also about um, also about a dance? a dance? I feel like I have to watch this movie now. <laughs> it's about a horse dance. I guess it must be. <laughs> that would be so weird. <laughs> um, so many... So many TV shows are stealing the yes. title. I feel like yes. I have to... in the midst of the Great Depression, manipulative MC Rocky oh. enlists contestants for a dance marathon. Oh, it's a Rocky $1, movie. Hundred dollar cash prize. <laughs> yeah, it's a Rocky movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jane Fonda's in it. Okay, all right. We'll watch it. We'll, we'll have to watch that. I guess in the off season, yeah. Friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, also notable about this episode is that uh, much like when uh, Chuck kissed a guy, it was very heavily promoted. This threesome oh, was imagine. also one of the most heavily promoted things that the, in the show's history. And parent groups urged the CW not to air the episode because Please it contained don't. the threesome. Yeah, they signed see petitions nothing. and everything. You see nothing. Really, you, really... you see them kiss. You see them all take turns kissing, and then you see them in bed. Like I think the most insane later. cover of a song I have ever heard plays. Did you guys catch this? <laughs> it was uh, whatever you whatever like. You yeah. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and uh, yeah, so 
You can have whatever you like. The music choice is all over the place in this episode. You never um, went to a society event where they're playing, I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. <laughs> they like that song so much. <laughs> the band that they booked for Cotillion, which apparently is a thing now. Did we, did we get the full run of the song, too? Oh, so like, nice. We hear that song twice. I know. <laughs> yeah, we do hear it twice. Um, so, uh, Brendan, you're now three for nine. You did not get this the reference yet again. You're slumping this season. It, the goal is always to get over uh, 500, so it is going to be... Uh, you're you're going to need a good second half, so I, I, have, I have faith in you. How many episodes but, in this uh, season? Uh, in this season, I believe there's 22. Okay, so I have, I have some time. I'm not quite halfway yet. Yeah, you'll you'll get there. I think. I mean, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm putting so much. Yeah, no, I, you, I, no, you're rooting for me. That's very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned, it is time for Cotillion again in this episode. You know, it's Gossip Girl, so we we couldn't just have one Cotillion episode. We need it's the second Cotillion episode of the series, and this time it's going to be Jenny's turn. Um, would you believe it's not even the last Cotillion episode? Possible spoiler alert, but Ooh. they will somehow find a way to give us another Cotillion before before all is said and done. Didn't they do um, their Cotillion? They're junior. Is Jenny a junior right now? Jenny is a junior. Yeah, she's a junior. Okay, so that makes sense. Little J, and the J stands for junior. So <laughs> oh, <yeah>. she, <laughs> uh, she, Jenny's with her minions. They're going through like the plans for uh, Jenny's big debut to society. Uh, so she needs the perfect escort, and she wants Graham Collins because he is the hottest guy on mm. the Upper East Side. And she tells the minions they better find a way to book Graham Collins for a cotillion, otherwise she's going to steal one of their escorts. Just demonstrating how much power Jenny has at this point. And uh, just as I predicted last week, Jenny is fighting to be the top queen bee of all the schools as she walks into the building where everyone's gathering and all the queen bees and their respective minions are like staring her down. And I feel like they should market cotillion this way. It's like it's, it seems much more exciting, exciting as like the the all star game for all the queen bees. Oh yeah, I would like that a lot more. This is like, yeah. like perfect timing for the Cotillion episode where she's really just coming to her own as Queen Bee. So what better time to have her, her debut? He's off against the other Queen Bees, yeah. yeah. And he is wearing what I think is an attempt at a Constance uniform because everybody else is in their Constance uniforms. And if I showed up to Winchester Thurston High School <laughs> wearing this, they would shoot me on sight. <laughs> It'd be over. He is wearing a skirt that, I mean, is not even in the vicinity of the knees. No, right. Yeah. It is but wild. He is Queen B though, so I think uh, she she doesn't have to. You know, follow a uniform violation. Yeah, yeah Queen no. B. And then I'm also like, I can't believe she's going to school dressed like that. And then actually, she's going to a dance class. And as a former dancer, oh, right. if I showed up to dance class dressed like that, they would also shoot. She <laughs> also has like the You'd longest legs of all twice time in one day. Jenny. Yeah, that is not an appropriate outfit yeah. for school nor ballroom class. No. <laughs> so. Blair comes in to uh to Chuck's room. She she tells Chuck she has a surprise for him, and he answers, "In that case, why are you still dressed?" And Blair says, "That was yesterday." This just seems like an odd conversation overall. <laughs> I'm not, not sure what's happening. Okay. With these two, um, what was yesterday? What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Um, uh, Chuck would love to hang out with Blair, but uh, it's Nate's move-in weekend, and they're celebrating a lost weekend, which they really moved quickly. Just last week, Chuck suggested to Nate that he could crash there if he ever needed to, and now Nate is moving in. I mean, I'm all for it because it'll get Nate involved with the rest of the characters, right. so it makes sense. But, like, remember last season when Nate bought an apartment for himself and Blair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's just moving in with Chuck. But is, was he, is he still working for... Trip or is he like all right? It's uh, it's all over. Now you won, so I'm just gonna go like a, back to college now. Seems like Serena's picked up all his hours. I don't know. <laughs> Nate, Nate won the campaign, so he's like, all right, my job, my job here is like done. Nate. If you're not gonna fuck your cousin, I will. So I'll see you later. <laughs> oh 
show. Oh, really big incest vibes on the pod today. That's, that's kind of all we do. <laughs> oh, no other boy. vibe. <laughs> so, um, but Chuck says, you know, he's not even going to enjoy the weekend, but it's for Nate. And, you know, Blair's supposed to be uh, at Cotillion as a mentor anyway, but she is not showing up for her mentor duties because she can't risk running into Serena. Sounds like a girl who's uh, just gotten her heart broken. Mm. And... Yeah, Chuck is always the voice of reason. He Daddy tells Chuck. Blair that she, she should make up with Serena and they should do cotillion together. Uh, don't the festivities begin tonight? And it turns out there is a dinner at the Vanderwoodsons tonight for the Debs and the mentors. And uh, Chuck thinks Serena may be waiting there for, for Blair with an apology in hand. I really like the idea of all of, like the girls that have to be debuted have to be named Debbie. Like they only can recruit Debs. Didn't you do this last time we talked once, about once it? Once a cotillion. I'll, I'll do it again in season five. <laughs> You can't get over the fact that they're called Debs so for some reason. Correct me, yeah, but I love the name Debbie. It's very funny. <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a really good name. Hilarious. But also, I really, I hope, I like this role for Chuck. Honestly, like I, I, I could, I'm really happy with where Rufus is right now and where Chuck is right now. Just like two, two yes. dads are just crushing it in their in their dad roles. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, Chuck's been like kind of like the father of the friend group lately since he's gotten a business in a hotel. Yeah. He's Pappy Part One, yeah. as opposed to uh, Grandfather. <laughs> grandfather is Pappy Part Two. I guess. Well, I just to, to go on the Brendan's point. I love that Chuck is just like reading the paper in this. Yes, scene. That was, that, that's really where it started. This episode too. It's like they're really leading into the father role. Those people sing to lonely like, boys. Really, he's supposed to be like I think like a legitimate businessman. You're reading more into like father, which is fine. I, I guess um, he, he is play, playing the father role to an extent. Only two people. The newspapers are fathers and legitimate businessmen. <laughs> yeah, that's how you can tell a hack businessman from a legitimate <laughs> businessman is if they read the paper or not. <laughs> I was really like Lita's reaction to just whatever I say, going, "What?" Like, I wonder how many more times we're gonna get a what from Lita you, on my end. You said the two dads, Chuck and right. Rufus. I, for, I forget you're not up to date on this podcast. That's another thing I need to start doing: is shaming guests for not being up to date on our podcast. Okay, sorry. Oh, yeah. I do another good Rufus episode as I give him like his two lines and that and yeah, that's, right. like, it for him. That's two weeks in a row where that was it. I love it. Um, so Chuck is like really laying it on thick with Blair. He's, he's like a uh, debutante ball without Blair Waldorf is like a tour de France without Lance Armstrong. I feel like he, Beautifully. Yeah, 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 exactly. So this, this must be like before. Like, I can't remember how long like, ago that was. Oh yeah, I have no incident. idea. But it, it feels like he just wants to get Blair out of the house so he can like bro down with Nate this weekend. And so uh, Blair agrees that the charitable thing to do would be to allow Serena the chance to beg for forgiveness. And uh, she's going to head to a cotillion. And it feels like she really trusts Chuck here, just leaving, letting him have this lost weekend with Nate, where they're going to have like a bunch of girls over at the room. Is, is, himself out. He's a legitimate businessman and a father to five <laughs> horrible teenagers. <laughs> is is getting lost like a th- is that a term? I don't know. I don't about. know. I don't know what this lost weekend is. What it means? I think a lost weekend is just like, like you're like on a yeah you're on a bender. So it's okay, like you won't remember it. Right. Uh, yeah, no responsibilities or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So. Serena is in a job interview with none other than Trip Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I, I get it. I get why Serena has a crush on him. He's definitely, definitely one of the, as we have been saying every episode, one of the best looking characters this show, this show has given us. Like, I have famously met Aaron Tveit. Wow, that is famously, yeah. Um, did you did you tell him you you loved his role as Trip Vanderbilt? Uh, I might have. <laughs> that was around the right time. Yeah, 100%. I actually may have started watching this show because he was on it. Oh, um, 
That's and true. That's, I that's how you know you're I, hot. Well, I loved. Um, he was in a musical called Next to Normal when I was in eighth grade, and that is one of my favorite musicals ever. And in that musical, um, he was co-starring with Megan Fay, star of The Bold Type and now The White Lotus. Oh, oh. hell yeah! Wow. I still need to it's, watch uh, season two of The White Lotus. Oh, I I shan't spoil. Um, oh, wow, thank you. But yeah, these two absolute legends, uh, HBO Max icons. I saw <laughs> Absolutely, yes. The they, I mean, they, together, they really are. Yeah, they really are the two faces of HBO Max at this point. Um, so, Serena is claiming in this interview that all of her responsibilities from when she was an assistant to the publicist will translate to this job working for Trip. And Trip is just like, all right, yeah, you've got the job. So, <laughs> Serena really didn't need this publicist job since she very easily landed another right. job almost immediately. And even she can't believe how easy this was. But Trip's like, yeah, you know, you, you, you made know, a good but... case. And that case is that he really wants to bang yeah. her. Like, but this also kind of seems like all of me and your job interviews, like to this point in our lives, like I think I, how both many of interviews us have the two of us been not on a lot. But we we both have talked about how neither of us what, have had a real job. What brothers? <laughs> not together. Brothers <laughs> I, although I would love to try this out. Let's let's go try this. You guys thing. interviewed to get this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we interviewed with, with Bebop. Yeah. You you beat you beat out so many duos. Well, we of course had suits on and sneakers. No, but uh, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. That every interview <laughs> each of us have ever had have been like the easiest things ever. And we, I mean, I guess we're just so naturally personable that everyone is just handing jobs <laughs> to us. Everybody <laughs> wants to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Need I remind you of the great potato sack incident of '88? Yes. yes. So these these two do have a history. I guess I was wondering what their history yes. was last week, but apparently they go way back to uh, Nate's whatever like nate's carnival games at the hampton house that they used to play all the time <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're reminiscing about the hampton house and, and like, like a who... knockoff chuck e cheese <laughs> <laughs> nate's carnival games. Nate's carnival grandfather games, yeah. part two is in charge of cotton candy <laughs> so they're, they're clearly flirting with each other and uh she tells trip she has to leave because she's hosting the welcome dinner for cotillion and so trip tells serena that he'll see her on monday and i i don't know exactly what she's supposed to be doing like what is her job she i don't understand she never knows what the actual she, job is well, she, well, she, she <laughs> says it later she's like anything you want to run by your new media relations rep media relations rep like i I'm trying to imagine a world. So I study public policy. I know a little bit about running campaigns. I'm about to have a master's in it. And I, there's no way I would be like, ah, yes, an 18 year old with a high school degree and no college experience. I really want to see this press. I, I want her feedback on this press release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I <don't>. Like, this <laughs> makes no sense. So. I also wouldn't be so bothered by this set up here if we weren't like told they were gonna bang last episode it's so annoying that they just said it like literally just like hey watch out for this. Wait, watch out for next episode gossip girl ends the last week's episode by saying and watch out for these two something might be going on there yeah like okay and it's, it's coming Thanks. out of nowhere it might Spoiler. be a little more fun like kind of watching it blossom would be like oh this is interesting this is happening but it's like it's you're already ready on for it. gossip girl <laughs> yeah uh, Serena thanks Trip for asking her to come in an interview. So this was all Trip's idea, and uh, then once she leaves, <laughs> once you don't think leaves, Serena like... found this on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> no, I she found it on, on a flyer outside. <laughs> when once she leaves, uh, someone else comes in and is like, uh, "I didn't know we were hiring." So yeah. Trip really going out of his way to make this happen. Remember, this is the only honest man in the family, according to Nate, uh, yeah. and the person who's <laughs> going to like save politics. Yeah, he ruined this it is, immediately, what... so fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Well, 
Anne, Olivia, and Vanessa are in their favorite diner, and uh, our favorite group of, <laughs> group of nerds all run rush over to <laughs> Olivia's table. Very funny sight as they all run over, and uh, the uh, the head nerd tells Olivia, "Please tell me that Guinevere will use the unholy Grail to free Lancelot from Arthur's eternal torture." And <laughs> I love that the uh, the two nerds in the middle, both wearing Olivia Burke shirts. One one is in an Endless Nights two shirt, and one is in a floor shirt. Like I did not know that these two were such Olivia Burke stands. I feel like they were definitely had to be just like camping out in this diner, knowing that she would be there eventually i guess that's so crazy do. to me because isn't this supposed to be kind of like the equivalent of like a twilight yeah. right i feel like this is the demographic yeah i don't think if, yeah. she, if she was in like a star wars equivalent yeah, right, that yeah. doesn't right. seem like what that works that's, a lot better but that is yeah, this doesn't... maybe it's supposed to be like lord of the rings yeah that's kind of what i was thinking as well just by the way they're like talking about it now but I, they definitely were comparing it to like the twilight films in in previous they episodes yeah, they're, they're just shoe and ho- shoehorning this reference in here just to, like kind they're, of they're whatever they need episode. to be yeah. <laughs> yeah they're whatever they need to be to drive the plot forward and so vanessa asks olivia why she didn't tell them about endless nights four and olivia's like because it's not happening these rumors are always floating around uh even though warner brothers sent out a press release today and a- after the nerds leave olivia's like listen it's just a rumor if it was true i'd have a hundred phone calls about it already and then she looks at her phone and she's got six missed calls so <laughs> not a hundred but it's, yeah, it's you know, so funny close. it's like i would have a hundred messages and she sees six like oh shit that's almost a hundred <laughs> oh, shit, 94 more and i 94 more and this might be real that seems like that could be just a normal thing you missed yeah i mean not, not maybe your mom died six missed calls. <laughs> right? maybe yeah ever think of that <laughs> sorry uh, brendan it's on the mind <laughs> that's okay i guess wasn't sure if that one was gonna land <laughs> it's no good <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I cut out our laughter afterwards. Full <laughs> <laughs> like thirty seconds of silence, and Matt's just like, anyway. <laughs> so uh, Lily's in charge of the uh, the big debutante meeting. A good way to get Lily involved without Rufus. I wish they would have like utilized her a little bit more without Rufus here, but. Uh, definitely a good start and so she she tells everyone to find their escorts jenny comes up and she's like yeah i haven't i haven't really figured out my escort situation yet so uh, lily's like all right maximilian will dance with you which is good because jenny has some catching up to do even though she points out this is the first rehearsal apparently all the other girls have been taking ballroom for years so uh, jenny's a little behind here with the dancing yeah she really she really embarrasses herself in the scene later on it's just really hard to watch <laughs> Um, Lily tells Jenny that she's going to be great because she has her father's natural rhythm. Oh, God. That was so sexual. It made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> and Jenny's like, I have to get a drink of water. Presumably, she just like it threw up in her cash. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Lily. Um... <laughs> You'll be Ew. great. You have, your, you have your father's natural rhythm, if you know what I'm saying, little Jay. Oh, God. <laughs> so her way out uh someone says hey jenny to her twice and jenny just completely ignores her um, i love it jenny th- this shoves like this new girl kira like five separate times in the episode every time she goes by her she yeah, like, gives her a good shoulder ball. Her. yeah <laughs> yeah That's like, i think jenny time. does that like, six times this episode one for each missed call <laughs> <laughs> one for each missed call yep yeah. so uh, eric on the other hand does not ignore this new girl he he goes right up to her introduces himself apparently uh, their mother's arranged for eric to be her escort and Kira tells him that it's so humiliating she couldn't get her own date. Very, very hard on herself here. And so uh, she asks Eric if he's Jenny Humphrey's brother. Uh, that's his new claim to fame. And she goes on to tell him that the girls who hang out with her are so lucky. 
asks who her escort is, and Eric mentions that she really wants Graham Collins, and it just so happens that Kira lives in the same building as Graham, and they've actually been neighbors forever. So, like, what, what are the odds here that Kira can get Jenny the elusive date with, with Graham Collins that she so desperately wants? Uh, yeah. Love I'd... when a show makes a plot point contingent on two characters we've literally never seen Every... before. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes for some... And I don't think we even see... I mean, we maybe see Graham Collins, but he doesn't even have a line. No, he doesn't have he a line. We do there. see Graham Collins, who is supposedly the hottest guy Here's on the, the other side. <laughs> He's fine. He's no trip. <laughs> so, uh, she starts to say that she can, but Eric cuts her off, tells her not to breathe a word. Uh, Eric also happens to know Graham because he went to uh, Camp Suisse with him, uh, famously also where Serena met Aaron Rose. So a lot of all-stars oh, just hanging oh, out yeah. at Camp Suisse. Uh, <laughs> this Graham guy really gets around. He, he knows everyone except for Jenny Humphrey, it sounds like. I mean, well, she's just a Brooklynite. Well, yeah, she is a lowly Brooklynite, so that does make sense. Um, camp Suisse, a camp in Switzerland? Because that would be like saying, oh, I met them at Camp America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fun, honestly. I'll go there. Yeah, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a camp called Camp America. So. <laughs> I think they were all in a particular place on January 6th, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, uh, Eric... Camp America. Day camp. It's, yeah. it's in, uh, <laughs> it looks like it's in Maine. Oh wow! Oh, oh no, my god! Well, no, wait, hang on. It might I'll be. I'll ask Colin York. about that camp. Oh my gosh! It's so close to you guys. Where is, where is it? We'll have to it's record like, live on location. Just across, it's like just by Stamford, Connecticut. Okay, great. Like, I why, guess why are you guys recording our... here? Like, I don't really remember. I think it was a joke we made. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to the show? Not really. I don't think. Not really? It's like a tangential reference, kind of. <laughs> anyway, we just need to we just need to set up our stuff here. If you don't mind. Camp America, USA. <laughs> Eric could actually introduce. Uh, Himself, like introduce Graham to Jenny himself, but uh, he says that Jenny hates when other people get involved in her personal life, so he tells Kira to stay out of it. And uh, as is going to be mentioned in this episode, this is the first we've really seen Eric do anything underhanded in the history of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not not bad so far, um, but clear, Kira doesn't even believe him, I guess, because she takes out her phone as soon as Eric leaves and texts Graham Collins herself. Yeah, I like the side of Eric. He's he's doing it for the kind of the right reasons, um, and he seems That's what to it be seems like, it. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I can never be mad at him anyway. Even if he was good enough. Bad, it's, he, no, he wasn't really good enough. No. Because he definitely doesn't come out on top at the no. end of the episode. Yeah. So Anne wants to remind Olivia why she came to college. Uh, he's walking the streets with Vanessa. They're coming up with a plan to keep Olivia at NYU and not go back to making movies. Um, Dan really robbing all the uh, endless nightstands of a quadrilogy just so he can keep getting laid at college. Uh, poor, poor everyone who wants to see this endless nights four happen. But <laughs> uh, Brendan. Did you think something like this would like eventually get Olivia's character off the show if this is what ends up happening? That sounds like what it was going to be. Like in this moment, I'm like, okay, this is it. We're saying goodbye to her. This is this, not the so send fast. Off. Not so fast, though. What, yeah, I what, mean, what you famously uh, you famously sometimes don't watch the end of the end of the episode, so I, I don't know if you. <laughs> there is always know. kind of a false ending on Gossip Girl. I have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yep. Gotta be careful. Yeah, I, I, I saw the end of this one. I know, I know she will be back at least yep. next week. So Vanessa has the has the idea to do the list of the 15 things every college student must do before graduating, an article in this random NYU paper that Vanessa just so happens to have. Uh, did did she read this whole list before suggesting this? Did anyone did they know about there was a threesome on this list like from from the get-go or was this like cuz they seem to know about it by the end by the end of the episode where the threesome actually happens, but in this moment I guess they they don't know about it yet and just want to go ahead with this plan. I think they're just hoping it doesn't come up. Like they, uh, they, they definitely saw it, and then they pretend like they didn't see it, and then they're reading it later on. Like, 
oh, there's one we uh, seem to have missed. <laughs> Maybe we should try it out. <laughs> and I also, I also it's just like we... crudely scrawled in Dan's handwriting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's on the list, I guess. On the list, yeah. Um, I thought it was just Dan and Vanessa in this scene about how they're plotting to get Olivia to stay, but Olivia's like really only five paces behind them on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> um, some of the 15 things, uh, cheer, cheering yourself horse at a sporting event, uh, having a beer pong tournament, having sex with someone we don't want to see again. Uh, I, I don't know why that's on the list. I don't know why that's a quintessential experience that every college person has Classic, to have. Man. Um, well, these are like NYU specific. Yeah, they and are. I know, mm. And I know that because uh, Hillary Duff says something insane where she's like, this is even more fun than dancing in the fountain. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> vibes. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, list seems to be, <laughs> the list seems to be specific to NYU here. And Olivia alerts them that it's for real this time. Her parents, manager, and three of her agents are flying in on money to convince her to do the movie. How many agents does Olivia have? I think she said three, three yeah. She said three of them are coming. <laughs> oh, which there's, implies there's, more, that there's yeah. more. Okay, that's true. Is this mm-hmm. normal? Do people, do people I thought have it was just like one. seven agents? Why not just one? I don't know. You have to ask. I feel like you like... just have the one. Who's like the equivalent here? Like Emma Watson, she went yeah, to college. I yeah, <laughs> I mean, are they all getting ten percent? Is, is Olivia even getting any, any money when all of a sudden? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. Because <laughs> she probably also has managers. Yeah, well, she has one manager because her, her have, parents' yeah. manager and three of her agents are all flying in on Monday. So um, I think you need more managers than agents. Why? I don't know. I, think that, I feel like it makes sense. Like, like, <laughs> agents a little bit lower down like the waterfall. <laughs> You get, I feel like one of each is fine. You gotta have at least a two on, two on ratio of managers to agents. Everybody knows, Maddie, that you have to have more managers than agents. Okay, you look ridiculous right now. I can Come on. tell that you know nothing about the business. Yeah, that's that's my bad. What a fool. So, um, everyone's pressuring Olivia to do this stupid movie when she just wants to hang out in college. These, I, I feel bad for Olivia here. So, uh, they. Dan is like, I thought they agreed to give you this year for college, and so did Olivia, but it really doesn't matter anymore. They want her to finish her classes on location, and uh, Vanessa's like, yeah, there's more to college than just the classes, and she tells Olivia that uh, they don't have beer pong on location, and Olivia goes, what? <laughs> and Dan's like, I'll explain on the way, as if it was the most confusing thing anyone has ever said, as if it was as if it was Lita replying to something that absurd that Brendan said. On the <laughs> they don't have beer pong on location, and Chuck is the dad. Olivia, they don't have beer pong on location, and also Chuck is all of our father. (laughs) That would would require more of a what, I think. Do they all have Chuck's natural rhythm? Oh, mama. (laughs) Brenton, what was that? (laughs) Chuck's got rhythm like nobody else. All right. Sounded like Elvis. <laughs> no, no, God, no, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Oh, <laughs> come on. Afraid of Elvis. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Sorry. Elvis. Really jumped right into a taboo oh there. God. Anyone else who has an Elvis fear, skip ahead 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in a bar yesterday that had a, a huge, like, just head of Elvis. And I, I, you know, I was really proud of myself for staying. Wow. Okay. Interesting that you were too busy to come to the bar with me last night. But it was you, a daytime. Uh, made it out, daytime made it out to the bar at another. Okay. Just just want to note for the record. Um, you know, if I'm going to hang someone... out with people with a kid, I have to, have to pregame it. Just like I, Tanya. Yeah, that makes, <laughs> just like I, Tanya. Just, 
this is a classic Itania situation. If I do I say was, so I myself, with, I still, I'm so confused about the Itania thing. I why would I have gone and seen that by myself? Honestly, maybe you were with me. I was with maybe you. I, <laughs> I know I was with maybe, you. Maybe I misremembered. Because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Doesn't, as to why you would But also, I'm confused because you usually don't you misremember things memory. also. Yeah, that's I know. what I'm confused about. I could have sworn I saw that. But maybe maybe your company was so unremarkable that night that it just felt like I was watching the that's movie even more by likely. myself. It's all just Maddie negging you to step it up in the future. In the theater of all places. Like, you were there. Why didn't you talk throughout Long the whole gone. movie? Yeah. <laughs> even comment on Alice and Janie's performance. You didn't even do so, the dick and the popcorn uh, like we usually do when we go. Yep, that, that, that is a standard. Every time. Will you get People... the popcorn bowl? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bowl, etc. Um, back to the cotillion dance class. Uh, Jenny studying the monitor, trying to dance as Eric comes in and just calls her out on not knowing the dances. Um, Jenny tells Eric that uh, you'd think it'd be enough to be queen of Constance, but now she has to be the queen of the Upper East Side. First of all, no one's telling Jenny that she has to be the queen of anything. And also, why is she complaining to Eric about this? I mean, I, I guess because he's the one that's in front of her. But, like, he's the last person on Earth that wants to hear Jenny complain about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, really, she really switches so, so quickly. I can't get over how quickly she is just this version of herself. And I, I'm starting to see, like, why everyone comes on the show and, like, their least favorite character is Jenny. Um, if I were to, oh, if I were to only, if I were to only see this, whoa, turn on me. Not, if I were to only see this, I would be like, well, yeah, of course she sucks. But like, I, I'm seeing the the path that that took her here is interesting. Um, this is a great episode for Jenny. Yeah, is it? This is a great episode overall. This is this is. I'm. I'm you said this was Lita's favorite episode of Gossip Girl, and I was like, I was skeptical of it because every time Curse McGinnis comes on for her fa her famous Thanksgiving episodes, <laughs> I hate them. So I was really ready to hate this episode. Every time um, a woman has an opinion, I'm just like that. Well, that's like, thank you for reading the con <laughs> the subtext. Um, <laughs> like the oh god, the yeah. oh brother, another but, uh, lady's coming on to make oh, me watch a was, horrible uh, yeah. episode of Gossip Girl. This woman, it's her favorite episode. I was just really surprised this, this incompetent person had a good opinion about <laughs> this TV show. Um, really, okay. really good stuff. So, uh, Jenny asks Eric if she's going to make a complete fool of herself, and Eric's like, yeah, probably. I, I, this is Eric's version of just, like, not giving a fuck anymore, and I, I do love it. I, um, I know that <laughs> Eric is going to the dark side in this episode, but I still love him. Um, I don't really know if Jenny, he is. I guess he, he, like, doesn't mean to, and he kind of does. You asked Jonathan. I know. I don't certainly, agree with Jonathan. He certainly is. So, uh, Jenny thought that if she got the perfect escort, then everyone would finally forget that she's a Brooklyn nobody. Are people still talking about Nobody's that? Nobody's talking about she, that. She's essentially a Vanderwood to now. I really think that this is all in her head. I don't know I, who the parents are, are because who are these, Rufus does thank Lily for getting her people? in there. So maybe it's just the parents that are like these assholes. <laughs> low life from Brooklyn. <laughs> I can see them I talking think about she's that. Making, I think she's making these people up. Yeah, probably. Maybe, maybe Lily really didn't want to bring her in there. She still thinks of Jenny as a low life. <laughs> um, the most I, important I, thing is that we don't believe any women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's always been the mantra of this podcast. Um, <laughs> Jenny's making all of this up. What are you saying? That's about what her? it seems like to me, based on the evidence that we've seen on this show. Um, I, I, you have I, no I, idea how much is left out of the edit, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking three whole days and editing into a 42 minute episode. So I, I am missing a lot, actually. Um, I mean, a lot of times it does feel do like, like that on the show. <laughs> What was that? A lot of times it does feel like that in the show. We are missing, like, well, yeah. in recent episodes, <laughs> yeah, especially. Really <laughs> they introduced two new characters that are essential to the plot in this episode. Yeah, but to be fair, one of them doesn't even talk. Right. Yeah, that's even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, is Graham Collins in the room with you right now, Jenny? <laughs> 
Um, I do like that. We're still getting these vulnerable moments with Jenny, even though she's the queen. And even though Eric hates Jenny right now, he, he still can't help but what be a, a good perfect little angel and give her a tip. He tells her it helps if you count out loud. And so uh, Jenny tells him he doesn't have to be nice to her and actually acknowledges that she's been terrible to him and Jonathan. And Eric says that's true, but I'm a better person than you are. Uh, at least at least for now, he still isn't stooped down to Jenny's level. And he starts teaching Jenny how to dance. Uh, Jenny says she wishes she could be that uh, he could just be her escort because at least she'd have fun. And it looks like they're they're back on track to being best friends here. So close, right? It, it is nice to see this, and uh, you, you hope it lasts a little bit longer. And it just yeah. just does not. Yeah. Well, Eric instead offers up Jonathan to be her escort. Uh, he's not Graham, but he is a Whitney. As a matter of fact, he is Gertrude Whitney's great grandson, and that will count for a lot with the Deadball crowd. I, I didn't know this about Jonathan, and I didn't know that that was a big deal being the great grandson of Gertrude Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. come on. Yeah, also, Gertie. let's not forget. Also, let's not forget he's uh, widely regarded as the first ever gay person. I <laughs> <laughs> cannot <That's>, forget. <laughs> I think that's his most that's, notable. That's even more, yeah. What, he's been defense in camp, and he that. is the first ever gay person. So. <laughs> oh, Jenny, it's like the Sam Smith of. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but. In due time. Not yet. <laughs> Doyle, another another big Broadway babe. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved him um, for many years. So uh, Jenny asks if Jonathan would even do it, and Eric assures that he will once he talks to him. And so Jenny goes to call off the search for an escort, and uh, Jenny leaves. Eric smiles, but he sees that Jenny has a text from a new number. Hey, Jenny, here you need an escort for Cotillion. Smiley face. <laughs> Graham. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like he seemed pretty easy to track down. I don't know why the minions were not he's, able to make this happen. He's got a big, he's got a great personality. <laughs> yeah, they're like the worst minions great ever. I also thought when Jenny was like, oh, I'll call off the search, I thought she was going to say, all right, I'll call off the eggs on Jonathan. Like She was already like, in process to get him egged again. I'll call off the weekly egging of Jonathan for this week. Everybody put your yogurt away. <laughs> and so Eric takes Jenny's phone, texts uh, Graham back as Jenny, saying she already has an escort, and his descent into underhandedness continues. I'm okay with it to this point, especially. I'm like, here we go. Let's let's go. We, we need this is a good scheme episode where the schemes are all, all oh, yeah. kind of work. You know, they're not just nonsense. I mean, there's always a yeah. little bit of gossip girl nonsense, but this is this is one that was relatively easy to follow, which is you know helps yeah, help something uh, cream. Very high on this episode yeah. overall. Not not to spoil maybe a a rating at the end. Oh, don't but, you dare, you uh, naughty man, <laughs> you nasty man. <laughs> So Blair is in Serena's penthouse where the old, where the welcome dinner is happening, I guess. And uh, she tries to get Serena to apologize right off the bat. But Serena simply welcomes her and uh, there, tells her there's a list that she can check to see who she's mentoring. And tells her that she, Serena is going to be Jenny's mentor. And all of a sudden, Blair is very territorial over Jenny. She's like, oh, of course. If, that, if that's what you want, Jenny, it's just a shame because <laughs> you know how I feel about your potential. And Serena can't believe they're doing this right now. And <laughs> Blair can't believe Serena won't apologize. Um so he's like, I don't, so, I don't give a shit anymore. And then Blair's there like, well, this is my project, so I really want to have her because I, I kind of yeah. raced her. And so he's like, I'll just, I'll just go fuck the congressman. I don't care. <laughs> Chuck is her father and I am her mother. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense yeah. to me. She does he, have her father's natural rhythms, Serena, <laughs> so don't even think about asking. <laughs> even Jenny doesn't want any part of this drama. She's like, I have my own stuff to take care of. Uh, she's not going to let them turn her into a pawn in their war. And so Blair backs down, asks Jenny um, who her escort is, and you can tell Jenny doesn't even like want to say it, but she tells her it's Jonathan Whitney, and Blair's like, your stepbrother's boyfriend? <laughs> uh, I bet Blair doesn't know that uh, Gertrude Whitney's, that he's Gertrude Whitney's great-grandson, though. 
That's true. But also, it doesn't look good. The way she puts it is like, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound great when you put it on paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Blair tells Jenny that when she walks down those stairs, everyone is going to judge her based on that one moment for the rest of her life. This is not like your wedding night. Cotillion only happens once. And I feel like this was a real missed opportunity for Blair to make fun of Serena's mom. I know. I was thinking oh. the same thing. Easy punch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, low-hanging fruit there. She could have she nailed Serena with that one. I think maybe Rufus comes in quickly and just says it, says the joke, and gets off screen. <laughs> he sh- yeah, he should have. It's like, Lily. <laughs> he's like, he's like, someone making fun of how, how many times my wife has been married before me? I love that joke. <laughs> um, Blair's not done firing off bangers, though. She tells Jenny that she already has a strike against her because she's from Brooklyn, and then add a B-plus escort and top it off with a mentor who know- who's known more for her mugshots and topless photos in Ibiza than her social graces. And after after I said Serena and Blair like both lost last week, I feel like Blair really stepped up her game this week, and it's oh, going really for the did. win yeah, over Serena really here. It, it's hard. I really couldn't figure out who my MVP was, and I still don't really know at this point. But Ooh, Blair, Blair has like, one of the better um, Blair episodes this season. Just like this is the perfect mm-hmm, version mm-hmm. of herself in this one. Just so, so funny, so cunning, just all around, just the, the perfect Blair. Yeah, she's definitely on the short list for me as well. Not to spoil yeah. a potential not MVP at the end of the episode. <laughs> not to get naughty again. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Serena tells Jenny she's right. She shouldn't be caught between them on her big night. So she hands over Jenny to Blair. And uh, then she just slips in the fact, uh, I work for Congressman Trip Vanderbilt, so I should probably get back to that. Like, what a Not brag. even a humble brag, just straight up big, big <laughs> I know he brag. told me to come back on Monday, but I'm going to come right back on Friday night. <laughs> and uh, she tells Blair to have fun tonight because these are the last people in New York that think she matters. Um, so uh, she, gets in, she gets in a jab before she yeah. leaves, I guess. It's a jab. It's um, a jab. Eric and Jonathan arrive. Uh, Jonathan has no interest in being Jenny's escort, even though Eric tells him that Jenny feels bad about what happened. And like, good for Jonathan here. He's yeah. like, yeah, she should be sorry. That doesn't mean I'm going to be her escort. Like, yeah, I would be a little tentative. Also, this is good for Jonathan for standing up for himself for like at least a minute before he does agree to do it. It'd be great. It'd be great if uh, Jenny had him be her escort, and then like while he's escorting her, she just like pours more yogurt on him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just can't like help that. it. It's old, old habit. <laughs> Eric, Eric tells him that she's not Vader yet, and she can still stay Anakin. Lita, did you get that reference as a as a brand new Star Wars stan? Yeah, I have famously seen five and a half Star Wars movies. Wow! Out of eight, how many are there? Nine. Nine mains, nine. I guess. Nine, oh, and then some. Sorry, then sorry. some offshoot. Nine no. in the Skywalker saga. I I have seen seven and a half. Ooh. Okay, so you're you're yeah. halfway through the the newest series. No, no, no. I just didn't finish some of them. Oh, okay, which ones haven't you seen? Um, I skipped the first half of the one with Jabba the Hutt because I didn't like that guy. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so one of the sexiest Kevin scenes in all Star Wars. <laughs> I, I think that, that because is... of Jabba the Hutt yes. or because of Leia. It, it, oh, I both. think that's really unimaginative. <laughs> um, sure. And. Um, yeah, I didn't like that guy. And then, honestly, um, I got the reference because I didn't finish the one where Anakin goes bad because oh, so you, I you So you didn't see that. It was too scary, and I didn't want to see Natalie Portman die. Too scary. <laughs> Brendan laughing at your fears. Yeah, what the fuck? You just said you're afraid, afraid of, of Elvis. 
I was going to say, <laughs> valid. if you're not careful, Lita's going to bring Elvis Quite back. valid. Yeah. Glass houses. I made it all the way through the Austin <laughs> Butler movie about Elvis. So I actually have nerves of steel. Apparently. Um, so. the, the new Elvis movie is Brendan's uh, episode three of Star Wars that he yeah. can't make yeah, it through. I mean, famously, Nightmare Before Christmas was too scary for me. And I wow. watched that when I was 23. Um, I'm just laughing because you I, sound so much like me. Like I, I'm scared of very silly things. Um, I'm also yeah, worried about like Elvis movie. Like it might awaken things in me. So that's part of what I'm scared about. Oh, like Job of the Hut. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Leia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I skip and then I don't know. There's some. I like the the gay one. The gay Are we gay still talking about Star Wars? Yeah. It's gotta be one of the newer ones. Oh, oh we're talking uh, about he... characters. I'm I'm talking about. Eric. I, like the, I like the gay one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so, as as a huge Star Wars fan, um, <laughs> right. I understood this reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trip is uh, sitting on the ground writing in a notepad, and Serena walks in, even though Trip wasn't expecting her until Monday. Your and diary, she... Serena. Is so <laughs> <laughs> she comes in on a Friday night and delivers him food. I was like, "What is Trip even doing?" But uh, apparently, he's writing a speech. Does doesn't he have like speechwriters to do this for him? I don't. I don't it, know. That doesn't seem like I, it should I, be his job. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Serena says she would rather real politics than the ones at Cotillion any night, and I feel like uh, Gossip Girl fans probably feel the exact opposite. We, <laughs> we'd much rather get back to the politics of Cotillion than have to watch another. I think that's been this plot so far. Like, <laughs> like I don't another. care about these, these politics at all. Here, let's get <laughs> yeah. rid of it. Uh, Serena, Serena's the opposite. Uh, so Trip is writing out a new speech and has 15 drafts. Uh, we find out that Serena's... Uh, apparently she's the media relations rep... Still not sure what her responsibilities are, and the speech needs to be about school lunches, teacher salaries, and term limits. I feel like the first two things both have to do with schools. I'm not sure what mm. term limits is doing there in the same speech. Maybe he wants term uh, limits for teachers. How many, ter- how many terms does a teacher get? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's what he ran on. Reverse tenure. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Well, my eight years is up as a teacher, so unfortunately I have to, I have to leave. Four, Quite four a new, year. new career. <laughs> I do think teachers should have to run every four years. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I should be your math teacher. <laughs> because one thing about teaching right now is that too many people want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Really... Just the benefits yeah. are so good. Everybody wants to be a teacher. Right. You gotta so, weed them out somehow. You do, yeah. It, you do need to bring this to a, a, a democracy. How do you say the word democracy? Jeez. All right. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> Serena fixes Tripp's tie, and they have quite the moment looking into each other's mm. eyes, uh, so much so that Tripp's co-worker comes back in and is like, whoa, whoa, why didn't you put, like, a huge sock on the door, man? What's yeah. going on in here? <laughs> is that what he said? That is not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> like, did I miss that? Does that all come back? <laughs> yeah, no, I had the alternate uh, Brendan version that, that you usually Oh, yeah, I were, I, mine was very normal this episode. I was very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and they must have switched it up at, at HBO Max Central. Yeah. They gave us the wrong versions. So Tripp composes himself, tells Serena he has work to do, and uh, the, the the media relations rep can't really help him with the speech, so she's going to be dismissed for the night. But she can she can come back tomorrow. Um, ba- back to the big Cotillion welcome party. Kira approaches Jenny, and Jenny's being polite enough to Kira here. Uh, she says that she's she's seen her around. She actually bothers to smile at her. I was, I was very impressed that Jenny was being so polite to this nobody at first. But then, uh, <laughs> you know, Kira mentions that uh, she knows about the whole Graham Collins thing. Oh, yeah. And tells her that she called and asked him to go with her. And uh, he texted her about it and everything. But Jenny apparently told him that she already had an escort. So now Jenny is pissed and, and shoves Kira out of the way again to get to Eric. Yeah. Um, so 
And he storms over to Eric. She asks, uh, she asks Eric if it's true, and he tells her that he knew if she had a choice that she would pick Graham over Jonathan. And uh, that's enough for Jonathan, who's right there, who already didn't want to do this to begin with. So now he storms off. It, it was kind of rude of Jenny to like cause this scene about how she's stuck with Jonathan as an escort, like right in front of Jonathan. Right, and then of course Jonathan's gonna be mad at Eric too, yeah, because he said like she she wants to do this. She's like, yeah, exactly. I guess she kind of did want to do it at the time. Yeah, but uh, clearly not her first choice though. Right. So Blair comes over, tries to get Jenny to uh, stop embarrassing her. Kira also just kind of awkwardly standing here watching this mess happen. And Eric tells Jenny he was trying to save her, and he lets it slip that uh, he also knows Graham from camp, and he's kind of a creep. A sloppy move from Eric here. Obviously, he's not uh, he's not you know, as well-versed as these other people in in the art of scheming, so some, some sloppy mistakes are going to happen like this <laughs> one. But um, Jenny says that she had a plan from the beginning, and she should have just stuck with it. And... I, uh, I get what Eric was 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 trying to do here, but I, I don't know. I guess he just had to do it better, or like maybe be more upfront with with uh, Jenny somehow, that, because yeah. now now Jenny feels like she feels stupid. She feels like she got played, like, and she's like, "Well, if people are going to be playing me, like, including my own stepbrother, I might as well just go back to being a bitch." Right. Like you almost had her, and it, you know, you you, you got to get her all the way back on your side, or else she's going to go back to the way she was. Go full oh, Darth. Yeah, twice as hard. Yeah, full. She's going full Darth. So uh, Jenny announces to the room that Graham Collins is going to be her escort, which is kind of bold. Very I don't know. Bold. Like, she already, like, turned him down. He could have found someone else to, to like, for him to be an escort with. But uh, she she claims that she's going to go with Graham. And uh, also she she tells Blair she doesn't need her as a mentor anymore, so she's fired. She also tells Kira she doesn't need her anymore, so uh, she's going to call Graham herself. She's just, like, letting go of everyone. She's like, I'm going to handle this myself. And she tells Blair... That her era's over, and so is that headband. Holy shit, Ooh. Blair's headbands so are many headbands. I know, <laughs> poor girl. And like, the look on her face when she like touches, like, ah, oh, you know what? I think no. she has a realization that she's right <laughs> in that moment when it sucks for her. <laughs> oh, justice, justice for Blair's headbands. Wrong with headbands. <laughs> I agree. I like. It. Maybe, um, maybe they didn't have a moment in two thousand nine. I think that Blair should try that out. Blair should try what out? Uh, headbands with cat ears on them. Oh yes, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, like we said, Jenny really going, uh, fully going to the dark side here. And, you know, we all, we always knew she had this in her. She is, she is the one true queen, queen bee after all. So she has this side to her and Eric Blair and Kira are left in the dust and they all agree that she can't get away with this. So we, we are going to get the Eric Blair and Kira team up that we didn't know we needed. <laughs> we really did. I mean, because, I mean kind of, Jenny's kind of <laughs> right. If Blair's era is over, so, but, but Blair just can't, she's still holding it. Like she's starting to succeed a little bit in college and her, in her new world, but oh, yeah. she's still so obsessed with, with all this I mean, stuff. yeah, this is the kind of drama that Blair's been it's missing. Perfect. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Sucks her right back in. It's good shit. Um, so she's going to go to Chuck's suite. Some random girl is just pass out on his couch as uh, Blair walks in and tells him that the move-in clearly went well. And Chuck, Chuck saying, hey, Blair, in his fancy purple robe and pajama pants while drinking out of that tiny little cup on that tiny little plate was such a beautiful image to me. <laughs> really I loved was. it. Yeah, I like that so a lot. Good. It also in a purple flannel. Do you think they planned this to have <laughs> purple outfits? I think so. Now that you're living with me, Nathaniel, <laughs> take your purple. Take your. You're going your to purple have bedwear. to abide by a few rules. <laughs> At nights we wear purple. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Blair came to pick up her dress for tonight. Another random girl is just wearing Blair's clothes. Blair could not care I less could, though. That was insane to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, that's, she doesn't care at all. I, I guess Chuck they, knows they Blair well. Out. Yeah, 
Yeah, he says the last time he started this freakishly calm, and then uh, Nate finishes his sentence was when Serena left for boarding school. So, mm. I mean, that's how you know they're fully back at, as bros. They're finishing each other's sentences, wearing purple. Yes, and to, seemingly they totally they over the fact that they in both. the same bed. I, I, think I really probably, hope yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> Give each other a little kiss goodnight. Yeah, and they're not, they're not butt to butt. <laughs> they're front to front. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're not butt to butt. Definitely Never. not. Um, so... They, uh, they both know that the calm won't last, and when it breaks, it's going to get very messy. And Nate, Nate speaks for the audience here. He asks what they're even fighting about this time, because no one really knows. And uh, Chuck speaks for me, I guess, when he's like, yeah, for basically you, yeah. they're fighting over who loves the other one more. And uh, Without, just, without him and Chuck... you saying that, I wouldn't get that is what they're fighting about. It seems like it's something else. But he literally <laughs> says exactly <laughs> what you said last week in a way. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I guess they're both right. I'll take their word for it. Yeah, I mean, you logic checks out. fight about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nate's confused. He, look, he look, look like he woke up the first time in a week. <laughs> Nate, now that Nate's not in politics anymore, he's back to being an back idiot. Dumb, I love that dumb Nate. As soon as Nate steps into a congressional office, he's a genius. genius. But as soon as he leaves, his powers are sucked out of him. And he's only good so, at speeches. We all know this. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he could help out Trip right now, who's writing 15 <laughs> right? drafts of his speech. And instead, he's like Serena bumbling <laughs> in, getting him dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. You have the guy I... right there. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Trip, uh, Trip sees Serena in his office. She's leaving him a note to check out this new press release, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm sure it's fine." He's sure he's putting a lot of faith in Serena, who's never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and so Serena senses the weird vibe, wants to know what she did wrong, and he's just like, "No, no, no. I just like, I just really want to fuck you, and that's why I gave right. this job." Um, but I, he actually tells her that he doesn't have time to chat and she's like I don't, why don't you want me here and he's like that's that's not it it's just that hiring you was a huge mistake and <laughs> Serena has every right to be confused and angry yes, he's like why did you even tell me to interview and basically force this job upon me and act so yeah, weird like, like my first day here like oh, you, I, I, said, I didn't realize how badly I, I knew I wanted to fuck you but I didn't know how badly I wanted to like I'm ready to do it here in front of everyone I mean yeah all of a sudden he gets the deranged look in his eyes again from like when he told Nate that they were going to change politics and he's like listen Serena find you smart and charming and i wanted to help you out but having you here i realize how much it would affect me and before serena can <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sorry what? Yeah. We'll blow past before it. serena can say anything to that absurd statement she gets a tear uh, a text from blair apologizing and asking to be friends again so she just leaves and uh classic honest trip his first day in office professing his love to the new 18 year old employee who is also his subordinate I mean, the whole episode, they never really fully say it, that either of them has feelings for the other one. They, they don't even say attracted like, to. Like, they, they dance really don't around say it, it at all. Yeah. I mean... I don't think it's too buried in subtext. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you think... <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes they're, they're just head on with these things, and they, they, they really could go... I don't know. I was waiting for Serena to fuck him by the end of the episode. Well, to fuck him, like, sooner, I guess. I think I think we're right around the corner. I, I, feel, I don't know how much longer they can I, hold I was, out. <laughs> right. I wanted. I just wanted more sex in Gossip Girl this episode. Yeah, exactly. You you were the one person petitioning to have more threesomes <laughs> right. on, this on this episode. <laughs> Our new favorite power duo, Blair and Kira. Uh, Blair's plan is to make Kira queen. Definitely ambitious. I, it's going to be tough to pull off, but especially because uh, precious Kira just wants to be Jenny's friend. She never. <laughs> I know. This, she but... did not ask for this at all. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, my Blair... favorite. Kinds of montages are when you do a makeover and then the person looks exactly the same. <laughs> it's ju just her hair's wet now. Like, oh <laughs> my god, she's beautiful. <laughs> they could have at least done it's... like the glasses and ponytail right, and right. it like so yeah. a distinct before and after. Yeah, nope, <laughs> they didn't have time for that. Um, so Blair responds to Kira by telling her a story, and let's break this story down. 
because I think we have another spoken gun here in the in the uh, Blair is in love with Serena. She she starts off by saying, yes. "I used to have a friend like Jenny. She was beautiful, fabulous, and she let me make all these sacrifices for her." First of all, I don't know. It sounds like a little bit more than a friend to me, yeah. just right off the bat. She goes on to tell Kira that she got nothing in return for her investments because girls like that run emotional Ponzi schemes. <laughs> and I've never said that a friend of mine has run an emotional Ponzi scheme on me. I, this seems like a lover scorned. Right. And we're not done. The very next thing Blair says to Kira, and, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. She said, Serena will never like you the way you like her. <laughs> I know. I, it's amazing. I've been, I've been resting my case every week, but I, I rest my case <laughs> again. Like, how else could you even interpret that? There's no other way, and then we even get more of it later on with, with Chuck's line, the kind of just cementing the whole thing. <laughs> like he even understands the love connection between the two of them; doesn't care. And I mean, she even like accidentally said Serena's name. I, and so Kira's good. like, uh, "You mean Jenny, right? Like, why did you just start talking about Serena?" No, like, even yeah. Kira can see that Blair is in love with Serena. When we first started the show, I thought you were joking about this, and it doesn't ever go it away. It gets, it gets more. You, you build more and more of a case every episode. <laughs> it's right in front of like, us. I cannot believe this is not like part of the Gossip Girl canon that that Blair was in love it's with Serena the whole time. So, Blair has to compose herself. She asks uh, Kira if she's ready to be queen, and Kira is ready. So uh, that that's what's going to happen. Everyone's getting ready for the big night, yeah. the, the Jenny versus Kira matchup of the century, and uh, Jenny's finally ready to say goodbye to Jenny from Brooklyn, as she says to herself, I guess before before Cotillion starts. <laughs> yeah. How often do you do this? Do you hype yourself up like this by just talking to yourself? Yeah, I say goodbye, Maddie from Lindenhurst. And, I, I <laughs> and then you go to the, the town over West Babylon and teach. You and I, go one town, yeah. I go one town over to West Babylon. <laughs> and you, when you go back home, you say bye, West Babylon, Maddie. Back and <laughs> no, that's, that's right. Like, so how's the new math teacher? Mr. Keegan is fine, but at the end of the day, he turns to a mirror at his desk and says goodbye, West Babylon. And then Maddie puts on a bunch of lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, that happens. So, we're, we're at a big, a big college party here. Everyone having, everyone having a good time. Dan, Olivia, and Vanessa are having the time of their lives. As I mean, even right now, Vanessa is like third wheeling. Just, just like you, you really? forced me to do last night, Brendan. <laughs> I had plans. Okay, yeah, you had plans, and with, I had, with I had Elvis the third wheel last night. <laughs> so. Dan's showing off his amazing dance moves, and I want to, like, Dan's dancing has evolved. In the first two seasons, his one move seemed to be jumping up and down. But yes. now that we've got some alcohol in him, he, he's yeah, moving, he's swaying, his shoulders are getting into it. Is this an improvement? Yeah, he's got Rufus's rhythm. It's really good. <laughs> he's got Rufus's natural rhythm. <laughs> natural rhythm. Got his hearty V-neck long sleeve on. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love when the nerds tell him nice V-neck when they walk away. Oh, yeah, it, it is a nice V-neck. <laughs> I think it looks good in it. so funny. <laughs> he does. Um... So Olivia takes a call, tells him not to do any mind-altering substances without her, and uh, Dan is confident that the plan's going to work, but again, the nerd herd comes back, and they uh, they all confront him and tell him that they know what he's up to, and it's not going to work. Uh, I'm just happy for these nerds that they all got invited to this party. Yeah, like, this looks fun. Feels, this feels, looks like a very yeah. fun basement party. Yeah. Um, and then I like that Vanessa tries to start talking some like endless nights with them, and they completely ignore her. <laughs> even the nerds. <laughs> even the, even these losers you. want nothing to do with Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Um, so Olivia comes back, tells him she has to take the movie. Uh, also notable is that uh, a song that is blasting in this scene is "Somebody to Love" by none other than Leighton Meester, who is oh, getting wow. more of her more of her music oh, yeah. onto the show. Good for her. Very oh, meta that they're, a, they're playing. Is it a cover of "Somebody to Love" by Queen? I don't think so. Based on what I heard, oh. it didn't it didn't sound like it. Was. <laughs> I think, oh, okay. I think it just has the same name. Yeah. Oh, it could be "Somebody to Love" by Jefferson Airplane. It could be, but it wasn't. It was, the three it was... great acts. 
of music history. Those three? Queen, Jefferson Airplane, Queen and, and Leighton Meester. Leighton Meester, yeah. The, the, three, <laughs> the big three, as they're known in the music industry. So, Honestly, Vanessa is standing in the corner with her two best friends. <laughs> that is true, yeah. yeah. They should have been playing uh, Leighton Meester's other famous song. It yeah. was definitely uh, more I'll apropos. Called. Good Girls um, Go Bad. Good Girls Go oh, Bad. There yeah, we that's go. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kira comes downstairs. Blair is so proud of her work. Uh, Kira still doesn't think she's better than Jenny. And yeah, I agree. She's not. She's correct. Yeah. yeah, she would be correct in that assessment. At least she understands. Blair, Blair has gotten her a new escort. And it's none other than Graham Collins. Apparently, this is the hottest wow. guy on the Upper East Side. This nothing-looking person. Yeah. Insert uh, the audience clapping here. <laughs> yeah, Good for exactly. him. Standing, standing wow. ovation standing for Graham Collins. Um I thought Eric might be upset at being replaced, but he is more than happy to make the switch to Graham, and uh, so is Kira. So everything is in motion as, to take down Jenny at Cotillion. Um, we get some, like, I don't know how to describe this, like James Bond music as, da- as Nate walks into Cotillion. Like, looking very dapper, I must say, but everyone is walking by and, like, admiring Nate. Like, I guess they really had to demonstrate for us just how amazing Nate is. Why is Nate there? What? Why, oh, why is he there? Great question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was trying to wreck my brain. Like, I was like, there's got to be something. And, and I was like, you know what? There doesn't have to be something. He's he just he here. Goes an, he there goes to is. an Ivy League and just has, like, nothing else to do. <laughs> Nate's like, it's like, I mean, they've established that Nate is, like, the be-all, end-all of, like, like they're giving uh, Graham, like, the honorary Nate Archibald Award this year. Like, he, he's right. like, he's the Nate this year. So and Nate's the like, award oh. for hottest teenager. <laughs> My like, favorite award. Oh, it's Catelli- they fucking love me there. Let me just make an appearance. I'm sure everyone will fucking love to see me. And he's right. Everyone did he's love this. Well, I think Nate's like, like, done with work because he already wrote all 15 drafts that he had to do for the weekend. He's done getting, he's bored of getting drunk. He's like, well, I guess I'll just show up to this teen party. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when when you know you could just show up somewhere and everyone's going to love to see you. He's a legend you know, there. How, how can you fight that? Yeah. Um, Rufus and Lily are also here. Rufus tells Jenny that she doesn't have to do this if she doesn't want to and that Rufus will love her with or without society's approval. And once again, using Rufus correctly and yes. giving him limited dialogue. Yep, saying it just a nice father thing. Good job. Yeah. Jenny's like, uh, thanks, Dad, but honestly, I fucking crave acceptance and popularity now and I need to do this. <laughs> and so. they hug and he's like, go, you go for <laughs> yeah. it, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nate catches Jenny, asks if she's seen Blair, and uh, Jenny's like, no, she's just looking for Graham Collins. He's kind of uh, this year's you. What an honor. Mm-hmm. The coveted Nate Archibald Cotillion Escort Award. <laughs> Even though, like Memorial Award. <laughs> for hottest teen at Cotillion. <laughs> yeah, I think that should go to our uh, end of season awards. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Um, do you guys know anything about Cotillion? Because I don't. No, other than what we've seen in Josh Schwartz shows and also yeah, Gilmore Girls. Hey, right. Don't they wear white cotillion in every other TV show? I think so. Yeah, I think I remember that. Mm. Um, Why is Jenny wearing the black dress and everybody's wearing? I feel like everybody wears like at least on Gilmore Girls and I think the last cotillion we saw and on this show everybody wears white and like gloves and stuff. Yeah, that seems. I mean, Jenny definitely wearing uh, those weird gloves. Weird gloves. Jenny the only one wearing. Those insane gloves, or was everyone wearing them? The, no, like, she, gro- she was wearing them as an accessory. She was like emo cotillion, but like, yeah, I yeah, thought like, that everybody wore white and like white satin right, gloves. That right, were right, still, right. Also, Jenny's, I, Jenny's I wearing like maybe, the reverse. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Well, I just think that Josh Shorts might have made this up as he went along too, because oh, I yeah. don't think Jews <laughs> do this. 
like, I, it's not explicitly religious, but like, right. but partial, it, I don't like think the that Jews do this. So uh-huh. I think that Josh Schwartz maybe did like a quick Google and was like, oh, this be. is great. I'll put this in every show every about single show I ever I do. I mean, yeah. any, anything times. to get a, an event of the episode. Yeah. So yeah, but those, like, those gloves. I would just go back to those really quick. They, I've yeah. never seen a glove that does not go around the thumb. Like I get like the no. short gloves, but it, it it was only over the four fingers. Yeah, they were like reverse so fingerless strange. gloves. It, it was like, oops, just the fingers, like version of the gloves. It, <laughs> right. I, I kind of want one. I kind of want them. <laughs> kind of <kinda> awesome. <laughs> um, also, why did Graham like? Why is Graham not escorting everyone until like literally last minute? If he's like this big like hot commodity like Nate Archibald was. That's a great question. Uh, maybe like Nate Archibald, he's just like not in high school. That could be too. <laughs> he's yeah, just maybe. like somebody's dad, and people are like, he is the hottest <laughs> guy. He's the hottest, he's hottest dad ever to be a cotillion. <laughs> and Rufus is like, hey, cool. Poppy Part, Chuck Packy is part like, three. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he tells Jenny to have fun tonight, and I, uh, I kind of miss these two together as friends or w- whatever they are. Maybe, maybe you know, not as, as lovers, but I, I, as friends, they had the the nice, cute little. Yeah, like, it was good. Kind of brother sister thing going on before they kissed each other, I guess. Right, more more uh, sort of Star Wars references there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Blair is teaching Kira how to dance, and uh, Nate finally finds her and gives her a note from Chuck that says, "I'm sick of being lost. Come find me." See, and Eric's like, "Hey, you know, go go fuck Chuck. Why not? We can handle yeah. it from here." And so, <laughs> Blair, Blair, Chuck. yeah. Go, go on, fuck I have Chuck. a question. Yeah, yeah go so- on. Doesn't that insinuate, like, I'm tired of being lost. Doesn't that insinuate that the Lost Weekend is supposed to be for Nate is still going on, but Nate's like Cotillion? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so like, just, I don't know. Nobody's participating in this Lost Weekend at all. <laughs> the girls are still upstairs wearing Blair's clothes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Blair wants to know how Eric got Graham to ditch Jenny for Kira, and, like, Eric turns into, like, a mob boss, and it's like, I simply told Graham that what happens at Camp Suisse doesn't stay at Camp Suisse. Yeah. And Blair is impressed with his natural talent. Is he implying that he and Graham ho- like hooked up at camp? Oh, I didn't think that. I thought that, but I think he's probably just saying like he did drugs or something. Okay, or whatever he did. He said he, he, did he was a creep earlier. It could be some something he did that was creepy. Yeah, he did say he's a creep. I, my my yeah. mind just just goes to that uh, that they hooked up. So I, I can. It's, that's canon until someone convinces me otherwise. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to fight you on Graham Collins being gay. <laughs> right. Let me, check the, Graham Collins... <laughs> Let me to... check the Graham Collins uh, Gossip Girl wiki. Is Graham Collins the third ever gay guy? <laughs> yes, he's the third ever gay guy. Wow. So, uh, Dan and Olivia, again, Olivia's trying to tell Dan that they can make long distance work because they're so good at it already with Dan's uh, sushi puns and text flirting. Oh, yes. And... Yeah, Olivia tells Dan that she'll be back next year, but they really need her for this movie. Uh, even Vanessa is sad to hear about the endless nights for news. And with uh, Olivia is leaving for London next week, but she says that she did have the ultimate college experience with them. And uh, friends you meet here last a lifetime. So the three of them are gonna leave the party in good spirits. Yeah, it's 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 nice. Uh, it's sad, and uh, I don't know. I want to see more party scenes. Honestly, I, I, we don't get enough. Like now that they're in college. I would like yeah. there to be more just like I would be happy with one episode, honestly. Okay, well, I mean, hopefully we will. We're we're you know, we're we're still not done with the show, Brandon. Yeah, it's true. We could we get plenty more, more for all yeah. you know. It's only freshman year. Yeah. So Blair and Serena showdown time. We we all know how much I love a Blair Serena scene, and this one takes place in an elevator. So I just <laughs> uh, the, a great setting to to uh, to have a gr- a good scene. And so Blair asks Serena what it, what she's doing here, and she's like, 
I'm waiting for you. You sent me a text, and then you, you left me waiting for half an hour. And uh, they figure out that they've been set up by Chuck and Nate here. And so they take the elevator down together. They start bickering about whether Blair did or didn't press the button to go down, which she clearly didn't, but very confidently says she did. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is not lit up. And she's I like, even I, pick, did I, I did not pick I up did on that. She, she tricked me. me. <laughs> You don't believe me? Press it yourself. <laughs> so he just presses it and they go down. <laughs> Very convincing. And so the elevator gets stuck, as happens far too often on teen dramas. And Blair presses the button for the emergency elevator hotline, which every elevator, of course, has. And Chuck Bass answers and says he isn't letting them out until they work things out. First of all, Chuck is able to rig the elevator to get stuck. What, what is well, he in some like master control room just yes. pulling wires? I, I think How he just he has up? connection to this at his home phone. He has a connection to all <laughs> elevators in the Upper East Side. How did he do this? I don't know. It's very impressive. Secondly, it has to be illegal. Like he's, he's just going to get away <laughs> with it. No one saw him fuck with the elevator. Just kind of assumed they were somehow at the Empire. That's what I thought, but they're not, right? They're they're at like Serena's hotel, right? I don't know. Maybe he knows hmm. from all the hotel conferences. That is a lot of the hotel owns, conferences, yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of control hotel. He called up one of his hotels. Yeah, that's hotel true. Chuck knows that he has to do this to make things right in the world. He's sick of Blair and Serena fighting, and uh, he's able to go through all of this just to have them make up. He's even provided them with a single malt and some macaroons in the storage box. And um, so... I guess he's just like watching this all from a control room, like he's jigsaw. Like this I know, is kind very of absurd. Yeah, very jigsaw. And Serena tells Blair that the text said she was sorry and she misses her. And Blair adorably asks if Serena texted her back, to which uh, Serena <laughs> just solemnly nods. And this is the beginning of uh, this is the beginning of them fixing their friendship. I mean, we were Maybe really close more. to having the two of them ending up in bed together at the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, they we were on track, yeah. uh, but they had to ruin that. So. Our favorite Cotillion announcer lady is back. Uh, she's announcing all the debutantes and escorts. And we have breaking news. We find out that Jenny's full name is Miss Jennifer Tallulah Humphrey. I've never heard the name Tallulah before. Is that is that a name? Um, um, it was a character in a musical that I was in in uh, middle school. Oh. Do you think that's what she was named after? Probably. Probably, definitely. Uh, she's played by Jodie Foster in the in the movie version of that musical. So it's possible. Or maybe. Maybe there, there's a, a tapas um, restaurant in Bayshore called Tallulah's that I have been to. That's all I've ever uh, heard. That's of it. probably what she was named yeah. after. It's uh, yeah, so, Jenny Tallulah Small Plates Humphrey. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the lady announces that uh, Jenny is being escorted by Graham Collins, and then she's like, "Psych! Actually, Kira Abernathy is going <laughs> to oh. be escorted by Graham Collins." Like, how did really they gotcha. set it up that this lady would like pull the bait and switch on Jenny? Really good, really good La La Land scenario. Like, <laughs> Listen, so announce that Jenny's going to be escorted by him, but then in the last second say that, nope, it's actually going to be Kira, <laughs> just to further embarrass her. And Jenny can't believe what's happening. All the people in attendance start murmuring. Eric's looking on, pleased with his work. And so the lady asks Jenny who her escort is, and Jenny doesn't have an answer as uh, the Gossip Girl voiceover starts quoting the classic poem Humpty Dumpty. And uh, <laughs> Jenny is sad. She's been a menace lately, but I still feel bad for her here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's never, like, you don't feel good for anyone just getting embarrassed in front of a big group of people. Yeah. Did you think that? Did you think Rufus was going to make this worse and be like, "Alice"? I did. You, you know, this is and... where he usually would come into play and, and ruin everything. <laughs> so good for him. Ruin for everything not. further. Yeah, yeah he, he restrained himself. Well, if he did try and there. do that, she'd be like, "Dad, there's a hotter dad here. I'd rather go with the other, <laughs> with the hottest dad. I'm not going to go with second hottest dad." <laughs> I don't care how natural your rhythm is, <laughs> father. <laughs> um, 
this is this is when we see the band that they got to play at Cotillion, which seems wildly out of character for a classy event like the I, debutante yeah, yeah, ball. Yeah, that was also insane. Have this been, the lyrics to this song that they are singing are literally, I'm a bitch when I walk my dog. I'm a bitch when I sing like this. I'm a bitch in disguise. I'm a bitch. I love the song. It's I'm a good just, song. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just surprised this all. Yeah, it, it didn't really, like, we're not wearing white clothes. We're listening to this bitch song. <laughs> yeah. It's out of control. We're going to go punk rock right, for Cotillion yeah. this year. I'm sure, I'm sure the announcer lady was jamming out to this oh, yeah. song. That's what's playing. She takes the mic and it's like, I know the words. I'm a bitch. Like what? Sadly, I did look. This song is not available on Spotify. Really? So I was not able to add it to any playlists. But so Lily asks Jenny if she's all right as Jenny's like walking around frantically. Rufus asks if she wants him to find someone else for her, which is sweet. But she's like, it doesn't work that way, Dad. You only get one chance. And Jenny asks Eric if she's seen Blair because clearly Blair is behind all of this. And honestly, that that's the mark of a true mastermind. Like Eric got Jenny and yeah. she still doesn't even realize it was him. To this point, very good. Good work. Yeah. So Eric asks, like, what if this is all for the best? Maybe being queen isn't worth it. But Jenny says he doesn't get it. Uh, she was going to walk down those steps and finally not have to prove herself anymore. So Eric tries to get her to let it go. But Jenny is going to strike back at Blair. And uh, that that's uh, where she's off to right now to, I mean, to do a counter strike. Yeah, this is what this is yeah. what she's going to do. I don't know why Eric couldn't see this coming. Like Jenny was just going to accept her like, fate as. Like, all right. I'll be your best friend again. All right. I'll call off the egging. <laughs> So we go back to our girls in the elevator, and we are mid-therapy session as Blair is asking Serena about uh, her going to look for her father. I wish we could have seen, like, the build-up to this and not just kind of, yeah, like, start in the I middle of it. Something. Yeah, like, we cut back, and they have already, like, made up and are, like, talking to each other. Like, I kind of wish we could have seen the progression, but uh, I, I guess we didn't have time for right, it. So we so. don't like seeing them being ripped apart, but at least if they do that to us, we might as well see yeah. how they get back together. Yeah, I mean, this I kiss, still honestly. is good. Yeah, I know. It could have been even better. Yeah. And so Serena tells Blair that she found her dad, but he didn't want to see her. And Blair can't believe it. And she asks her why she didn't say anything while this was happening. As the uh, sad music starts playing, and I start getting emotional. And Serena says she didn't tell Blair because she was ashamed. She says, your dad loves you. All your dads do. Which, yeah, seriously, what a slap in the face. Blair has like three dads <laughs> in all yeah. And Serena can't even get the one. She's she's stuck with Rufus as the closest thing to a dad. Right. Um, who obviously There's... cares more about his own kids. Add to mom ratio is almost as good as as Olivia's agents to manager. <laughs> not, not quite, but it's pretty good. That is true. Yeah. So, it's, Serena's like even Nate's shitty dad. Like he has to go to prison to see him, but at yeah. least he wouldn't send him away. She's right. I'm even jealous of Nate's dad, which is man, that's quite the statement. Well, we don't know for sure. Like maybe his dad does send him away. He goes to the cats and he's like, not now, Nate. I'm busy. Uh, can't help notice that she didn't mention Bart. I mean, I know Bart, rest in peace, but even Chuck's dad. No, actually, no, not Chuck's dad. Sucked. Well, I, I thought Bart's coming back to life this episode. Honestly, you thought he was coming back to life in this episode. At, where at, was this happening? At the end, when Lily gets a letter, I thought it was going to be. Ooh. She's like, I, I have. <laughs> it was just going to be a classic boogie boogie scenario. Uh, <laughs> it's me, Bart. A class, a classic boogie woogie scenario. <laughs> I thought when Lily got the uh, the letter from Bart at, from Bass Industries, it was going to be like directly from Bart as of like, like a few days ago. I was like, oh shit, he's not okay. I'm in Rufus hell. I can't stop listening to Lonely Boy. <laughs> Apparently, one of the hosts met Help me at me. Fire Island. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I won't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> so, um, 
But Blair seems like she's done being mad at Serena now. She says, not knowing you is your father's loss, but uh, Serena can't let it go. She keeps sending letters and getting nothing back. And Blair reassures her that she's allowed to miss her dad, even though Serena doesn't want to. Uh, Serena goes on to say that all she remembers is... Uh, her dad going on trips and coming back with presents, and then one day, he just didn't come back. And now, it's like, I can't seem to get anything right anymore. And she, I know, I know, I know. I'm crying too, I'm crying too. She's Serena is saying this while she's crying and her voice is breaking and it it did really get me. Like I, I we're laughing about it now, but <laughs> at the moment. I, I may be annoyed with Serena sometimes, but I, I really feel for her here and you're I, laughing. I, Serena Vanderwoodson yeah. can't find her father and you're laughing. Laughing. Sicko. <laughs> this is one of her more charming mumbling scenes though. She's like an all time mumble in this in this one in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely a charming mumble in this one. Yeah. She's she's very sad. Charming well, mumble. Charming mumble. <laughs> Well, and while she's bemoaning all the things that have gone wrong in her life, she mentions Trip, and Blair's like, wait, wait, what about Trip? And so she says she had a crush on him, but it was harmless because he's married and always treated her like a kid. But now they work together, and uh, Blair asks if something happened tonight, and she's ready to pounce. But nothing happened because her text actually saved her. Uh, but now she doesn't know if she can trust herself around him. And Blair tells Serena to promise her that she'll stop seeing him, because Carter is one thing, but Trip is a married congressman. And I feel like... Uh, yeah, she's right. Like, she should stop talking to Trip, probably. But we should probably be putting more blame on Trip here, who went out of his way to hire Serena specifically yeah. so he could flirt with a teenager. Yeah, that's what, when, it, when she blamed herself for that, I was like, this is not you. Like, you got hired for this job. Like, you shouldn't have to not trust yourself around him. Like, this is the guy that he put you in this position here. Yeah. I mean, Trip's going to, like, end up getting banished to the oil rig himself, like, when Serena's with <laughs> him, if he's not careful. Serena's going to have a whole slew of men at the oil rig by the end of the season. <laughs> Everyone who gets their heart broken by Serena just goes to work on a, the, the Buckley oil rig. There's a bunch of saps just crying about Serena. <laughs> Hi-ho. <laughs> I'd love to get, love to get that spin-off show. <laughs> crying about Serena at the oil field. <laughs> I forgot about that. What kind of hot point is that? that Sebastian Stan got banished to a labor camp. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I really thought we were gonna get more of him like oh, soon. I didn't know how long that was supposed oh. to be. We talked about it last week. I was like, I guess he is there for a little while, but she, and she's yeah, just over him because I mean, he's, he's he probably working. loves it. According to Chappelle, an oil break is a great job. So be, yeah. maybe Carter went went there and is like loving life. This there. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Uh, where where were we? Um, Serena promises she won't speak to Trip again without talking to Blair first, and she thanks Blair. And that's when Chuck, who has been watching this whole thing, presumably like with popcorn and a cherry coke, comes on the loudspeaker and says, "If you two want to kiss, it won't count as cheating." Yes. And I I laughed, I laughed and laughed. So hard. <laughs> this okay, so I'll say it now. This is my joke of the season. This is so Whoa, great. This is wow. so great. Just oh so such good time. I think it just really resonated it because is. we talk about it so much. It just felt like we wrote that scene. <laughs> It was so good. I, well, I mean, is this something I have to worry about in elevators going forward? Is someone like always watching and listening to me from a control room? I think room? so. I will say, I as a bisexual, I my high school boyfriend once told me that if I hooked up with a girl, it wouldn't count as cheating, and I found that to be very insulting to my identity. So, <laughs> so some of us are a little triggered okay, by sure, Mr. Sure. Chuck here. Yeah. So how about that, Brendan? <laughs> Well, neither so of them, neither them are actually bisexual. Friendin'. I mean, hopefully they are, actually. So sure, they, they should be insulted. God, we can only hope that they're bisexual. 
So uh, Serena says, uh, creepy, Chuck. Blair laughs, but uh, I I'm shocked that Blair didn't take him up on that offer to kiss Serena because remember, she's been telling, <laughs> yeah, she's been telling Chuck that the only way they can be even is if she kisses a girl. And now the Blair perfect scenario. pulls out a handwritten list that's like 15 <laughs> things you need to do in an elevator with your best friend. <laughs> I mean, it says we're just one away. We've done 14 out of 15. We, we, oh, we've we made up. Tackle... We've talked about your dad. We've talked about your dad. <laughs> I mean, just one thing left, and that's for us to kiss. I mean, might as well do all 15. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, a fantastic scene, and everyone involved deserves an Academy Award. And yeah. uh, honestly, I'll even say that the stupid, pointless fight last week was worth it just to get oh, this wow. scene in this okay. episode. I'll say it. I'll say it. I can get behind that. Retroactively bumping up the grade to last week. Just no, no, We've no. already established that we can't do that. No. We can get rid of uh, Sam's MVPs and LVPs, but we can't get rid of our... <laughs> change our grades. Oh, my God. You're going to... Enrage Sam again. He's oh, gonna yeah. be cursing you out. That's fine. Okay. So back at the loft, uh, Dan. I guess they took the party back to Dan's loft. They are in Dan's loft here, right? Dan, Olivia, and uh, what's her name? Vanessa. Um, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what's her name? I've been Dan calling Olivia. her Hillary Duff the entire episode, but you can't remember a series regular. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dan and Olivia are telling Olivia about their big plan to do all the must-have college experiences to get Olivia to stay, and they actually got a solid 14 out of 15, but this is not good enough for Olivia, who needs to get all 15 before heading off to London, so she says, let's just do that last one right now, and like Vanessa starts giggling, because <laughs> the last item on the list is, of course, have a threesome, and it, it gets real awkward in the room, because I don't know if you noticed this while watching Brendan, but uh, if they wanted to have a threesome, they do have the utensils, so they do, Olivia they sure asked, do. yeah. They do have the utensils, and Olivia <laughs> asked Dan if he's ever had one. He says no. Olivia says she did once, but it was in a movie, so it doesn't count. And then Vanessa just, like, inserts herself and is like, me neither. I've never had one either, even though nobody asked her. <laughs> and, and even the nerds don't talk to you, Vanessa. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Uh, so I think everyone sees where this is going. And so Olivia finishes her drink and starts making out with Dan. Then starts making out with Vanessa. Then, of course, it's Dan and Vanessa's turn. And, uh, Brendan, I'm sure th this was your favorite scene of the series so far. No, I really didn't like this because <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa should not get to kiss either one of them. It's really not fair. That's true. She doesn't deserve, she she doesn't deserve, deserve it. it. I don't think she cares so much about kissing Olivia. I think she was just fi like, fucking fine. I can get to kiss Dan again. Yeah. She's oh, so yeah, creepy. For sure. Yeah. So all these years of sneaking into Dan's house and making and, and having up to with settle his dad for his to get dad. to him eventually, yeah. eventually. <laughs> I get the fresher meat. unbelievable unbelievable that that uh two girls kiss in this episode and it's not Blair and Serena it is kind of ridiculous it makes no sense yeah um so yeah I, I, obviously this threesome obviously a terrible idea right like it, this can't this can't end well especially with uh as it is revealed Olivia is going to be staying I think probably the three of them will end up together. I think so. Probably. Probably. They look very comfy in bed together. A it was yeah, nice. I mean, they were Brendan, basically... A, a Brendan Thruple. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> yep, yes. Brendan Thruple. <laughs> the Ruffle Thruple. The Ruffle Thruple. So, yeah, so do you, like, I don't know how um, how interested or how experienced you both are with threesomes, but... Go on. Um, well, we do have the utensils. <laughs> <laughs> like, the so utensils. If, if you do this, like... Do you, do you really have to sleep together and just, like, snuggle together afterwards as the three of you? Like, can't just Olivia yes, and Dan as, sleep as together? Why does, why does Vanessa have the, to then snuggle with them <laughs> in bed and sleep over? Yeah, they should have kicked well, Vanessa out and told her to go home. Uh, I, well, it's really hard because I know how this turns out for these three. So I don't want to mm, spoil okay. anything. But, sure, like, sure. I will just say, like, in real life, it's very unusual for, like, a couple to have the, have the third person 
be like their best friend. <laughs> their best like, friend I, who, who is in love with one of the, one of the people. Right, like, I feel like in, in that situation, like I understand why they all slept together. Cause it's like, oh, we're all friends. Like we're all so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Makes sense. It would have been really like it would have been weird to kick her out, but no, <laughs> but the, the the bylaws don't dictate at the in this case we're talking about the bisexual the bylaws. Laws. Yeah, I was like um, that's good good wordplay. The bisexual uh, laws, yes. Um, <laughs> laws of bisexuality dictate that the third person doesn't have to stay. Right. Um, okay. Good to so know. They'll... Are you satisfied with that answer, Brendan? That was perfect. That was before I, I reveal too much, I'm glad you were here of all people to answer that. <laughs> Of all people. So Serena Serena and Blair enter arm-in-arm to Cotillion, and the announcer lady interrupts to present one last debutante. Miss Jennifer Tallulah Humphrey is back, and collective guests from the audience, of course, (laughs) as she is escorted by Nathaniel Archibald. And everyone's like, why is he here? But no, they (laughs) They would never. They're like, a college guy. And one of them even says, Nate Archibald is epic. And one said, (laughs) I don't think he goes to college anymore. And someone says, isn't he a politician? (laughs) Like, no, he's lost today. Yeah, they they they, uh, they all have that conversation. I, I love Nate once again coming through for Jenny, even though they haven't talked in a while. But everyone applauds and takes pictures. Even Rufus and Lily look on approvingly. And uh, Eric was just ill-equipped to take down Jenny. Like they they had her, I think, with Blair on their side. But as soon as Eric let Blair uh, go, get stuck in an elevator right? with Serena, oh, yeah, it just yeah. wasn't a fair fight. No. Nope. Now Blair obviously isn't even invested in this battle anymore. No, it doesn't give a shit. You can't yeah. be new to this world and like let the the all timer leave your side. Right. Yeah, like, we don't need you anymore. Come on, Eric. That was a little bit uh, naive of you. Yeah. So, uh, everyone's favorite Cotillion band is back to perform another song. Uh, this is my new favorite <laughs> band, by the way. I think they, they, they rock, unironically. They, they're, they're great. Yeah, they're totally. doing great stuff here. Right? I, they were probably so excited to get this gig at Cotillion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for booking us at Cotillion. Just so you know, we only have one song, and it's called Bitch, and we say the word bitch a lot. Is that cool? Can we just kind of sing on a loop? So we can't change that. We, is it an episode and, and, of Gossip Girl where one of these, it might be the first Cotillion episode where the band is singing the Pretty Little Liars theme song. I think that was the first Cotillion. <laughs> like and three just like Pretty kinda, Little Liars. And they were just like swaying back and forth. While oh, yeah. Singing. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't like <laughs> I didn't like that at all. So, um, Nate and Jenny are dancing with each other. Jenny thanks Nate for saving her once again. And uh, Blair and Serena come over. And Blair tells Jenny she didn't see that one coming. Jenny responds that she learned from the best. And Blair tells her good answer. So, the begrudging respect from Blair to Jenny is back in this episode as well. Love to see it. And um, someone comes over and tells Jenny that the other queens would like to pay their respect. So, like, Nate Archibald has such power in this city that... Just her, him escorting her, like, everyone, like, she won. She won Cotillion because Nate Archibald was her escort. Incredible. As simple as that, yeah. Good star power. Very good star it, it, This just shows that how important it is to have these connections that she, she has been getting throughout these years. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Blair asks Serena if she wants to get something to eat, but she has to stop at Tripp's office first to hand in her resignation. And uh, that'll Send go an well. Yeah, yeah yep, exactly. Yep. No, no, no. This is something that has to be done in person. Mm-hmm. Trip is uh, but at first... his office 24 <laughs> 7. Oh. He, he never convenient. goes home. Yeah. Um, Eric meets up with Jonathan. He is uh, pissed about what happened with Jenny. He wants to vent, but Jonathan didn't come here because of Jenny. He wants to know if Eric has actually been scheming with Blair. He's like, he's beside himself. He says that Eric has sunk to Jenny's level. Uh, Eric tries telling him that he was doing it to help Jenny, but it doesn't matter because she's not worth their time anymore. But um, Jonathan doesn't want to do this anymore. He isn't talking about Jenny. Even though Eric like keeps telling Jonathan like he's done with Jenny, they never have to talk to her again. But Jonathan says it's not about Jenny. It's about who Eric has become. And he says, I liked you because you were different than everyone else. You were smart, and you knew who you were. You didn't need to prove anything to anyone. 
he leaves out the part where he probably should have said, you're also the only other gay kid at the school, so it's not like I have any other options, but <laughs> yeah. uh, he leaves leaves that out. And now he says he's sorry, Eric, but it's over. Pretty pretty crushing blow for Eric Very here. Very crushing. I don't really get why he's so mad, because like nobody really got hurt by what Eric did, and all Eric was really trying yeah. to do was just get Jenny back. I don't think Eric's character has changed at all throughout right. this process. Yeah, today. I was... I was going to ask you because obviously Jonathan is very disappointed in Eric to the point of breaking up with him. But like, how are we? How do we feel about this? Like, we we say Eric is the one character who we have consistently said is the moral compass of the show. Like, much like Trip is the only honest man in politics, Eric is the only honest character on this show. <laughs> right. And it's obviously a step back for him, I guess, because he he's not like as pure as possible as he can be in this. But like, does it completely change how we view this character? Because not to I, me, no. like, right, like you said earlier, I I do believe that Eric, at least. In his mind, he was doing all of this like for a good reason, and he was just trying to stop Jenny from turning. And if he had to get a little deceitful to make that happen, he wasn't afraid to do it. Right. They act like just being involved in any sort of scheming at all is just like the worst thing you could ever do when it's like doing drugs. It's just like they make it seem awful. Um, Because obviously obviously doing drugs is awful. (laughs) We we take that standard (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Did I hear that? It's not like he's doing drugs. Brendan is like, look, he's, it's not like he's doing something absolutely evil Evil-like. and unforgivable. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> Brendan over here. So obviously, uh, Brendan, your your views on Eric have not changed. Uh, not Lita, changed. do you do you hate do you hate Eric now? Imagine like having an opinion on Eric. Um, I Ow. don't. <laughs> I wow. no, he obviously his heart's in the right place. Yeah, I don't know. Like, all right, yeah. we're all in right. agreement. Yeah, he's, I hate to make not, you have a, have more of an opinion on on the low life Eric Vanderwoodson. Well, it's just like I don't know. They don't know what to do with him. Obviously, I just I'm just glad he didn't smoke weed in this episode. Then I would really. I would then him. we would write him off. For, I don't think I'd be able to watch this show anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. They did something that awful. Disgusting. Yeah, I'd I'd get those those parents would be drafting up another petition immediately <laughs> to stop them from showing this episode. <laughs> Wait, so did parents did concerned parents like get a screener or something? How did they know? <laughs> they always it was heavily do. promoted. It was heavily promoted that a threesome was going to be in this episode. Did they did they show the the kisses on the promotion or like what did they what did they show? No, uh, the promotion actually showed the, the penetration. <laughs> but, uh... They didn't show it in the episode. <laughs> 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 It was a it was a compromise with, the, with the concerned parents. Wow. Okay. I gotta find the, the commercial. CW's bisexual laws do not allow full frontal in the show, so you can do it in the promo. Just imagine you're watching Food Network and it's like a commercial for Triple D, and then the next thing you see, like Dan raw dogging fitness. <laughs> Just cut straight to dick. You don't think they used a condom? No, no way. <laughs> Not a Humphrey. If I if I know Dan, like I think. <laughs> when you have your father's natural rhythm, <laughs> right? That's, of course, that's birth control. The if, if, Humphrey, if the Humphreys used condoms, Scott Rawson wouldn't be walking around. Yeah, right now. they 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 can hump right around those eggs. And skip it all. All right. <laughs> I don't even know how we got there. Are but, those uh... going on Jonathan too? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if people can follow this anymore. <laughs> I think concerned parents are going to petition for this to not be released. We are releasing a promo of the three of us having sex with each other. It's a, it's a, there's a reason this is Hell's most popular podcast. 
That's a good tagline. That's very good. Hell's most popular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell's most popular trio. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Blair, Blair and Chuck are dancing. Uh, Blair tells him that they're supposed to restrict their streaming to outsiders, but Chuck tells her that desperate times calls for desperate measures. Like, I fully support what Chuck did, but it is funny that Chuck already went back on the one rule he had where, like, their schemes, they don't scheme each other, just outsiders, and they immediately go back to scheming each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Chuck says he's willing to accept his punishment. In fact, he left a few props up in the lounge. But Blair I tells like Chuck that... how often they remind us that Chuck is a sub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they really I actually do I actually do like how often they remind us. Um, so... Blair tells Chuck that his punishment is he has to spend spend the night without her because she's planning on spending it with Serena. Um so Jenny is leaving. Cotillion with a, with a sea of queens and minions following her. She's living the dream. She runs into Eric. She still has no clue he was behind any of this and asks uh, if he saw what happened. Uh, she really showed Blair. It was awesome. And she apologizes for Jonathan being collateral damage, but hopes he understands that she had no choice. And after all, she reminds Eric that he did lie to her. And Jenny is taking Eric lying to her remarkably well. She's like not mad at him at all and even invites him like to the after party with her. It doesn't matter because she won. She's like, oh, I don't care what you did. Uh, I ended up on <laughs> exactly. top, so all's forgiven. As long as you lose, you can do whatever the fuck you want. By Jenny here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Eric turns her down. Uh, Jenny sees Kira, and like the queen that she is, tells Kira that she really put herself on the radar tonight, and she better not make that mistake again, or she'll pay for real. And um, Akira has had a taste of stardom now, and doesn't want to go back to social oblivion. So Eric tells her not to worry, because next time they take Jenny down, it'll be for good. While uh, wow. our friend Graham Collins is kind of just standing there awkwardly in the background, there. not saying anything again. <laughs> Aren't I pretty? So hot, I couldn't even focus. <laughs> I know. I didn't even see Eric in the scene, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they told him to stand back a little so that everyone wasn't just fixated <laughs> on how hot he was. Um, I mean, I wish that Eric and Jenny could just go back to the way things were, but uh, unfortunately, it seems like this Jenny-Eric cold war is brewing right now. Yeah, it seems like after this, and all Jenny doesn't settles, even know about it. I could see Jonathan being it's mad about of... this like later on. Once like whatever Eric's about to do sounds maybe it'll end up being bad, but he hasn't done anything right. bad yet. Right. Um. So Serena goes to the office, and um, Blair definitely should have accompanied her to begin with because right now it's just Serena and Trip. And Trip apologizes and says he shouldn't have said anything, but Serena is glad that he did, and she tells him that she doesn't think it's a good idea to work for her anymore, and she quits, which I feel like is the right decision. Yeah. Uh, Trip tells her not to throw away this opportunity just because of what he said. He wants her here because for whatever reason he trusts her. I think we all know the reason is that he wants mm. to fuck her. I don't know why. I don't know why we're still pretending that right. that he doesn't know why why he wants her to work for him. Um, and he promises to never cross that line, and reminds us that they're both adults. And he says that they'll just keep things friendly and professional. And then immediately after saying that, they have a long handshake, and he starts to trace her like hand uh. wrist area where he injured her. And thank God, Blair, Blair comes in and breaks this party up. Uh, she has to speak to Serena alone, and Serena tells her that she's fine and she'll call her tomorrow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? She's completely ditching Blair to do the one thing she said she wasn't going to do. And Blair's like, okay, I guess I'll go back to my boyfriend because I like left my social right. engagement for this. Yeah, Blair's so pissed, and so am I. Like, Blair definitely thought that this was the night that she and Serena would like profess their love for each other. I and know. now Serena is going to spend the night with her boss at the office instead? It's so shitty. Like, they just made up to... And that this this yeah, could have been easily Serena and Blair in this moment, just yeah, you know. And then, lying then she leaves like dejected, and Serena and Trip like laugh about her. Serena's like, "Yeah, I, sorry I about her. She's a she's a little crazy sometimes." Like, what? I, no, you're being the unreasonable one here, Serena. I think that the forget, forgiveness should be off at this point. It should be like, you know what? Forget what we said in the later. Like, uh, fuck you again. 
I'm glad your father doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, we get a random Rufus and Lily scene here. Uh, Rufus still doesn't understand how these things work, but he's just happy he got to see Jenny happy tonight. I don't know why they're like in the dark in this scene for some reason. They're having this conversation. That's like, why it's such black, a spooky but... scene. I'm telling you that this is the ghost of Bart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Rufus thanks Lily for letting a lowly Brooklynite into Cotillion, and Rufus goes to bed. Lily has to sign something from Bass Industries, and we get the classic Gossip Girl music switch because it looks like this is not something from Bass Industries. It is a letter from Dr. Vanderwoodson. Mm. Oh, shit. I said, I, I, I said this. I was like, you know what, Nicole? Anytime you see someone say, I'll be up to bed in a minute, some bad shit's going down. Mm-hmm. It's it's a famous. Then you were like, trope. anyway, I'll be I'll up be, to I'll bed, be bed in, in a minute. minute. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but that's not the last uh, sort of reveal we get because Dan is in bed with Vanessa and Olivia, and Olivia gets a text while they're sleeping from Casey. Director backed out again. Dash dash. Movie not happening. Dash dash. Call me asap. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Casey. So just when we thought Olivia was leaving the show, it looks like she might stay after all, and that is our episode. What do you think, Brendan? Is is Olivia staying for a while now? Uh, I still don't think so. This is going to be a little bait and switch. We might, we'll have her maybe a few more, but I'm, I'm glad it extended her her stay. Yeah, I mean, uh, how how is the threesome going to affect things moving forward? Uh, badly, and uh, I'm excited <laughs> for it. Honestly. Yep, and uh, I guess what's going to happen with the uh, with the brewing Jenny Eric Cold War, the one sided Cold War as of right now? It's just like it's going to be the rest of the season is going to be full of dairy products, just so many eggs, so much yogurt. <laughs> we might get heavy cream involved somewhere. And uh, I mean, great for your brand. <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm hoping the for. More cream, the, the more, more cream, cream, the better. better. Yeah. All those former Chuck E. Cheeses out there. <laughs> right. So. How long before we get uh, before Serena and Trip do uh, what we what we all know they are inevitably going to do over or under like one scene mm, before they, they before, are having sex before with they each go other. to hell on each other? <laughs> yeah, before they go to hell on each other. Um, I think that they'll um, end up together, and then she'll have to be Serena Vanderwoods and Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> Vanderwoods and Vanderbilt. <laughs> I, I'm assuming um, the sex happened off screen and it only happened on the commercial for this, the promo for this right, episode. Yes, yes, big promo of them of them having sex with each other and then <laughs> right. they, they cut around it in the episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to some segments. We had a, you know, such a great episode like this. We actually did have some more reviews to choose from in this week. Oh. And our old friend, uh, Raven Glam DVD Collector is back. The Raven is back to... Uh, give a review for this one. The Raven has landed. <laughs> yep, the Raven has landed. He's back. Gives it a nine out of ten and titles it "My Most Watched Episode So Far." Oh, me and the Raven, we are on the same page. Quote the if, Raven. Let's, nine, let's see if you continue stars. to agree to agree with the Raven's um, the Raven's uh, takes here, as he says, Taylor Momsen. Wow, Taylor Momsen's huh? hair. Wow, oh, no. Taylor Momsen. Everything about Taylor Momsen. Wow. And the plasticines got thrown into. And then there's, of course, lead girl Blake Lively. But that goes for every episode. Impossibly beautiful people sounding impossibly great. A guy can just stare and stare oh, and God. stare. Wow. <laughs> wow. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. All you. Okay. Okay. All you serious theater critics out there, shoot me down. But wow. Dot, dot, dot. Now that I've put my little wiener away. Wow. Okay. That's the horniest one we've gotten yet. <laughs> I mean, this was. I mean, Raven came out of the woodwork to, to do another to do another review here. Most watched. It was what? worth it. So we're, he's, he's really telling us. 
this isn't like a particularly sexy episode no, for like Denny or Serena. If he was like, oh, <laughs> Hillary Duff and Justin right. Zor making right. out. Right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, he missed, he missed <laughs> the mark on that. Yeah, he said Taylor Momsen's hair, everything about Taylor Momsen, Blake Lively, of course. Her hair is fake. I hate to (laughs) let you know, Raven, but those are extensions. Okay, all you theater critics out there, you can shoot Raven (laughs) down, but wow. Also, it's even grosser now remembering what the title of this review was, like most watched (laughs) episode. Like he's straight up telling us, like I, this is my most used like jerk off (laughs) material. Yeah. Yeah, Raven really telling on himself in, in this review. Um. Sorry if you're a listener, Raven Glam DVD collector. Uh, <laughs> next week, the the episode is titled "The Last Days of Disco Stick." Do you have any predictions based on the episode title, Brendan? I have no idea, but the thumbnail for this episode is hysterical. Well, I can't wait for this. Amazing! Episode. I laughed. I <laughs> so saw funny. I saw the thumbnail for next episode, and I so laughed and laughed funny. and laughed. <laughs> what is he doing? Is just a close up of Dan with that hat on. With the hat and scarf, and he's giving a <laughs> thumbs up. No, he has his pointer finger in the air. <laughs> really funny is a uh, a degrassi drinking game that i've shared with maddie where you drink every time somebody wears an objectively terrible hat oh wow and, oh, Dan a, and vanessa would carry oh, yeah. that on their oh, yeah. back really so Although blair blair wears some bad hats sometimes sometimes yes, yeah yes. blair's wearing a lot of hats not all a lot of them of statement uh, hats. hit yeah so yeah. the blurb says, hoping to impress the elitist theater kids at NYU, Blair sets her signs on landing a private concert with the hottest musical performer of the year. Dan and Olivia sign up to write and star in a school play. Okay. Then who do you think the hottest musical artist of the year is in, Ooh. like, what is this, 2009? 2009. Yeah. Late 2009. Ooh, that's, like, a real answer would be probably Gaga's, like, like peaking right now. Um, but uh, I was whoever the band is that sings that bitch song. I hope comes back next week. Yeah, the, plas- <laughs> the plasticines are back. The hottest musical performer the- to sing bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into our episode grades. Brendan, you went first last week. I will go first this week, and uh, it's a perfect episode. No notes. It's an A from me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode centers on Cotillion, which is everyone's favorite event, and I think it was even better than the first Cotillion episode. Uh, it felt like classic Gossip Girl, where everyone is scheming. We have classic Jenny versus. Blair and like both of the Vanderwoodsons are mixed in as well. Uh, there's a ill-advised threesome. There's some reveals at the end. There's some good setup for future episodes, and of course a great Blair and Serena scene. Uh, now, Serena and Blair fighting can be hit or miss, but Serena and Blair making up always gonna love it. And that elevator scene, phenomenal, made me start getting emotional. I loved it all. So I am giving this one an A. We're back on track, baby. Um, and then what do you give the episode? You know, I don't like to do this, but uh, it's an A for me also. I, wow. I, I, I hate to say a woman was right. I hate it. I hate it more than anything else. I went into this, went into that, this episode assuming it was going to be another bad one because you've been on kind of a bad streak for, for me personally yeah, anyway. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, is this is where like, the show's going to start falling off. We, we had a really good streak of A's, I feel like. Not yet, baby. You're getting there, but not yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just glad to know we're, st- we're still in uh, good Gossip Girl territory here. Just good stuff all, all right. around. It was, like you said, so, everything we like in that episode. And we are starting to raise I- the stakes a little bit with some some more good sexual content. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is the uh, the lead up to the greatest run in all of Gossip Girl. Wow. I, I, I was looking at the episodes ahead, and I was thinking that, not to spoil future episodes but and episode grades, perhaps, but I, I was like, I kind of agree. Like, we are hitting a, a very good stretch of episodes here, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, having said that, Lita, what are you grading this episode? Uh, my favorite episode of Gossip Girl? Probably <laughs> A. 
If it wasn't um, an A, that would be concerning for the show at the, large. The, which, yeah. The one that I immediately claim, <laughs> knowing what it was called or where it comes in the series, I just said the threesome episode and the one after it. <laughs> that's right. So we'll see you next um, week, I guess, too. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Not to spoil future guests on the show. <laughs> oh, sorry. In a rare first. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So three A's across the board. I think the first perfect episode grade we've had in a while. Definitely first yeah, of the season good. so far. Um, MVPs. I guess it's my turn here, so I'll go. Uh, once again, much like last week, I think quite a few people deserve MVPs in this one, but I have to give it to Jenny. It's it's my first time giving to her this season, and I think she really deserves it. She won Cotillion, the Queen Bee yeah. All-Star game. She went toe-to-toe with Blair, Eric, and Kira, and she won, won pretty much on her own after she fired her whole team. Uh, she started with Jonathan as an escort and then traded up for Graham, and then even when she loses Graham, she gets an even better escort in Nate, and then like everyone finally respects her, like even Blair, and even the other queens wanted to pay their respects. So this is Jenny's episode, and she delivers, so I'm giving her the MVP. Uh, Brendan, Very who's good. your MVP? Uh, with with her off the board. I mean, she's not off the board, but um, not off the board. Just just to be a little there. I, I really just love Chuck in this episode. He he's continued to do oh, surprise surprise. He, he's continued to be the You're best. You're giving of Chuck an MVP like every week. I know like, he, he's on another great streak. He, he's Chuck's fan has logged used on perfectly lately. He's he's in just enough. He's he's he has their whole Perfect. Rufus thing going. Uh, the best line of the series maybe. It's really great. It's good stuff. Way to go, Chuck. Happy part one. He's he's currently the best looking boy in the show. Even wow. better than Graham. No, I mean, oh, no, better trips than here. Graham. Trips, yeah, better than Graham, but trips here. So, best main cast member. Uh, all right. Um, I will disagree with that, but uh, yeah, same. Uh, Lita, who is your MVP of the episode? It has to be Jenny. I she, I I agree. I mean, look at her hair. I hate the hair. <laughs> like Taylor Momsen. Wow. Taylor, Taylor Momsen's hair. You know, wow. I'm, I'm glad I didn't give it to her because the hair is terrible in this episode. I think if Raven Glenn DVD collector had a vote, he'd be giving Jenny oh, the definitely. MVP of this one. Yeah, not even to mention uh, Serena. <laughs> yeah, all I right. think uh, obviously she she flips us all around to her advantage. Absolutely, and, yeah. and still comes off very sweet at moments. Uh, yeah, she sure. she has her yeah, vulnerable moments as well. Um, LVP, I am going to give it to the most honest man in politics, Trip Vanderbilt. He goes out of his way to hire a teenager so he can flirt with her and harass her and cheat on his wife. So uh, he's going to get the LVP for me. Uh, Brendan, who's your LVP? Uh, my episode, uh, my episode, great. Um, or episode. My LVP's got to go to Jonathan. I don't, I don't like... Ah. It's, it's also kind of stupid of him to break great up. Great grandson he, of Gertrude. Baby? Yes, and he breaks up with the only other gay man in all the Upper East Side. <laughs> All the second ever, the second ever gay person. He breaks <laughs> the first ever gay person. Breaks up with the second ever gay person. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, just like his reasoning for breaking up with, with uh, with Eric just doesn't make sense to me. And any anything that you could do wrong against Eric is kind of against me in the same way. So I, I don't like it. Um, Jonathan, hope I never see you again. Oh my God. All right, uh, Lita, who is your LVP? I think Eric is the LVP. Um, at least Jonathan like stays out of it and has some agency here. Eric's plans fall flat. He's enemies with Jenny, Jenny, and his boyfriend dumps him. Yeah, that is true. He, did, he definitely did lose a lot in this episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, all right. So three different LVPs. We really spread the hatred in this episode. Uh, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, which is of course Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And for this one, we will be acting out the iconic scene when Jenny, uh, uh, when Serena and Blair fight over who gets to be Jenny's mentor. And I have my script in front of me. Uh, how about you guys? Got it. 
Absolutely. Know that uh, Lita was begging to be Jenny in this scene, so we will we will sure. give her her two lines. And um... I'm not realizing <laughs> she does not talk. I guess I, I should be Blair again, and you should be Serena again, Brendan. Okay. Right. So I will start. Who's <clears throat> your escort? Nothing, Whitney. Your stepbrother's boyfriend. Uh, do you remember who my escort was? Eight. Eight. When you descend those stairs tomorrow night, everyone there will judge you based on that moment for the rest of your life. This is not like your wedding day. Cotillion only happens once. Now, you already have one strike against you because of the whole Brooklyn misfortune. Add a B-plus escort and on top and top it off with a, mes- a mentor who's known more for her mugshots and topless photos on the beach on the beaches than her. I know for a fact that's the wrong line. <laughs> than, her- <laughs> than her social graces. Okay, you're right, Jenny. You know you shouldn't be caught between Blair and me. It's not fair to you and your on your big night. Big smile. I'm oh, no, smiling. smiling. I'm, I'm smiling at you smiling. I love that you're smiling. <laughs> I do too. Oh, oh, I, I, I have more to say. You I were, just got so saying? lost in your smile. I, I she could be your she could be your mentor. Oh my god, this is Harry Potter. Uh, she could be your mentor. It's fine. <laughs> she can be your mentor. <laughs> she turns into Elvis. Oh. <laughs> how, how selfless. <laughs> Actually, I'm working for Congressman Trip Vanderbilt, and I should get back to that. But you have fun tonight. These are probably the last people in New York who still think you matter. I'm going off. Goes off. Go off. (laughs) Wow. Another great scene acted out brilliantly by us. Uh, And the only thing that we have to do now is some plugs. But before we get to that, just got to thank Lita from... Coming on, back onto Woo. the show, back on the Hell's Favorite Podcast, yeah. Lonely Boys. Uh, we were we were so blessed to have you. It, another great episode, lots of laughs. Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug at this hour? Um, yes, I would like to plug the Bitter Jurors podcast, um, which I recorded yesterday with Sam and Derek and one Maddie Gagan. Um, right. This is the second time in two days that we've made a Harry <laughs> Potter reference on the podcast <laughs> because we yeah, love we got this one in. <laughs> we got this one in right under the wire. I was afraid <laughs> we weren't going to make a Harry I, Potter reference. I love Harry Potter. I love J.K. Rowling, so oh, I have to make okay. sure that I bring her up on every podcast. Um, <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at Lita Tweeted. You can follow me on Instagram at Lita Grammed. Um, I think that's all. All right. Okay. Uh, Brendan. Very good. What are you plugging? Oh, nice. You got it now. Was that good? Was that good? That's pretty good. I think you have a little more work to do, but it was your first try. Pretty oh, yeah, good. It was. Um, I guess it's usual. <laughs> we'll hopefully have some. Uh... <laughs> We'll have some Patreon content out soon uh, this this month, I guess. We'll, yeah. So we're back in action with the Sandy Boys. Whenever you get around to editing it, it, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, I'll be back. Uh, probably. We'll, you'll see it. It'll be in your feeds. Uh, we'll, we'll tweet about it. It'll be there. Uh, so sign up for that when you see that. We'll, you'll have a few more episodes to go through if you haven't signed up already. Um, otherwise, we have a, another fun episode of the Hobby Boys coming out this week. Uh, it, we, me and Brian drank a mysterious brown bag of uh, liquids. Ew! <laughs> so, so check that out. It's a little, it was one of the better episodes in a long time. It was really good. Check that out. <laughs> keep, keep your ears peel, peeled for that uh, Lita episode of the Hoppy Boys, which I've been promised is coming at some point. <laughs> well, oh, I, I, I was going to talk to you guys about that after we logged off here. So let's I, just I, do I, it ooh. now. <laughs> we got to get this okay. over two hours. Come on! <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll patch. I'll patch Brian in. <laughs> um as for me 
what, what am I what am I plugging? Uh, obviously, uh, when you are hearing this, two episodes of season two of Sex Lives of College Girls will be Hell on yeah. HBO Max. So, <laughs> so you should be watching both of those. Uh, obviously, uh, since the uh, the Young Culture album that I was that I was hyping up last week, it's been out now. I'm sure you've listened to it, Brendan. I have it, but I, I plan to. It's good. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, hey. I think I just I think Spotify told me to listen to one of their songs and I just did. I didn't realize that you were a, how famous you were a fan. Wow. I'm I mean less of a fan, more of best friends with the guitarist. But oh, um, I, anywhere I go, I'm taking you with me. Um, oh my god! Wow, I, I can't I can't believe they have actual fans that aren't me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they're, wow. they're very, they are very talented. <laughs> I'm not surprised had, they have fans. But I had this never is a heard surreal... of this band, but I literally just heard the song two days ago and was like, this is good because I too was born in 1995 and was broken by 17. I mean, 2017. Oh well, um, <laughs> I am good friends with uh, Gabe, who, who, is, who just so happens to be in that band. And uh, I would be a fan of Young Culture even if I wasn't biased and and knew one of their band members just, i'm just bragging that i that i know the band it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you really think about cool. it um, I'm impressed. what else have i watched i finished big shot season two today that was, that's i love that show just as good as the first season they should renew it that john stamos love that guy mm. he's a good guy we're Coaching he's, girls he's another friend of, the, a friend of the pod as we talked about oh he's a friend of the pod really yeah i remember i met him oh that's right yeah, yeah. do you want to tell the story again while we while we <laughs> I don't, I don't, two i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did did he? Uh, now that you know what a half Murphy is, can you say whether or not John Stamos gave you a half Murphy? <laughs> I still don't fully understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that when you propose that the reunion of Survivor, I think that's the other half. Most people do oh. the, the first half of the half Murphy, oh, okay. where they where, where they stump for a contestant to win the game. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I usually <laughs> just propose at the Survivor reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rarely seen often talk about second half of the half Murphy, <laughs> um, the full Murphy. Please. You can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at RuppyPuppy. You can follow the Hoppy Boys at the Hoppy Boys Pod. And you know what? I feel like this episode went so well that Lita, do you want to come back next week and record another episode? Hell yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> so Lita will be back. Uh, another guest probably will also be back. Gotta gotta see when he's available. A uh, little teaser. Uh, but uh, So you can come back and listen to all of us. Uh, break down season three, episode 10, the last days of Disco Stick. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely Boys. Lonely boys.